This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Chelsea! Hello and welcome to the Chelsea Fan Show. You're with me, Johnny Burrow, and David Chidgey and Jonathan Kidd from the Chelsea Fancast. But I'm delighted to say there is a fourth person in the studio this evening. And I'm even more delighted to say that it's a certain Kerry Dixon. 193 goals for the Blues. A real Chelsea legend. Kerry, thank you ever so much for joining us. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. Yep. Good. Uh, Looking forward to the show. Looking forward to the show. Lots to talk about. Not just Chelsea, of course. England will be in action. Four goals and eight caps for you, Kerry. We've just seen the line-up on the screen. Harry Kane leads the line for England. Where do you think he ranks in the great strikers you've seen and played with? I think he's up there. Um, I think he's arguably the best striker in the world at the moment. Albeit a Tottenham, a Tottenham player, um, <laughs> which you know doesn't sit well with some. But you know, at the end of the day, we're all Englishmen and uh, we'd love England to do well. Harry Kane for me is a wonderful striker, um, and you know I wouldn't mind him at Chelsea at the moment if I'm being honest. Well, that you had an aspect that you have, which is uh, having a dip wherever. I, there was an aspect you'd see the goal and you'd weigh it up and you'd have a go. Well, the thing is, you're a natural goal scorer. Um, I mean, you, the amount of goals he scored on a regular basis, yeah. it, it tells you that Harry Kane on his CV brings goals and he brings it for for Spurs. Um, and certainly for England, um, it wouldn't surprise me. Wayne Rooney's recently broke the England goal-scoring record. Wouldn't surprise me in maybe six, seven years' time to see Harry Kane mm. go past Wayne Rooney. That's just uh, yeah. the amount of goals he does get. Get good odds on that, apparently. Really? Yeah, you will. I mean, he's, what, he's scored about 20-odd goals now. When you think uh, fifty odd for Rooney, yeah, twenty exactly. goals every seven more seasons, yeah, yeah. you could do it. Real good chance. He is quite. I mean, you know, it, it pains me to say it, obviously, because he's a Spurs player, but you know, he he is quality. I mean, what we would do right now at Chelsea for a striker like that, Jonathan? Oh. You know, uh, uh, exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, says it all, really, doesn't yeah. it? Uh. Well, let's say the the current incumbents the are not um, no. of the same class. No. We'd like them to be. We'd have liked Higuain yeah. to have hit the ground running yeah. but and be the infernal gold machine that Sarri said he was. But alas, that has not happened. Indeed. To be honest, if, you, if you're thinking about uh, goal scores, you, you look around the world and you think, 
where are you going to get one yeah. that guarantees it? Very I mean, few. You look over at Arsenal, you look at look at other clubs. Yeah. I mean, or Bangy Man gets goals. Uh, I mean, you, you, Aguero, uh, Aguero pretty, pretty tasty. Aguero, but where else you look at on the yeah. continent? Very think, few. Who the great strikers all, all, all round? Where are they? You're still talking about Messi. You're still talking about Ronaldo. Neither of whom are strikers. Is it the systems that they're playing more? Because they talk about, you know, Mertens we were talking Napoli. about this before, yeah. They're, uh, um, they're set up more because he's, he's, they're not playing actually with a striker, mm. are they? Well, I've never seen a system win a football match. Um, you know, players win games. It's yeah. as simple as that. Um, players who score goals. I mean, we've had a fella at Chelsea recently called Morata. Absolutely hopeless as far as I'm concerned. Um, <laughs> doesn't score goals. Was, was bought by the club. £60 million. Pound. I mean, we've had some gaffes in our time, and, but he's won. Um, He's gone away. Atletico Madrid are struggling for goals. Um, he doesn't we, fall over as much at Atletico, apparently. Uh, well, OK, well, I'll, I'll, I'll take your word for that. <laughs> that's because they don't bother pushing him over. <laughs> no, they, know, they know he's no threat, mate. That's why. But, but the just thing, leave him on his own. But, but, but the thing is, I mean, you look around and what I'm saying, if you've got to pay £60 million for that, you look at Romelu Lukaku at Manchester United, look, the money that they paid for him, he does guarantee goals. But, but even he hasn't all this season, Kerry. He had a long spell where he looked dodgy. And Marcus Rashford is getting goals, but is he getting the amount? Harry Kane is out there on his own. I'm starting, you know, Aguero apart. I'm looking for people to actually challenge that situation. He does have this quality, I mean, I'll go on about it, where he's actually off balance frequently and he'll get a shot in. And it's it's that surprising people with a shot, where the goalkeeper isn't expecting it. Well, if he's not going to get the goal, at least the goalkeeper might pad it out for somebody else to, to well, nip in. He's, well, a, he's a clever player. Sorry, John. I'm, I'm, I'm just a believer in goal scorers just get goals. Yeah. You, you look at the, the, the Clive Allens, the Tony Cotties, the Ian Wright. Yeah, yeah, the people yeah. gone by, you know, the people who get goals, the Ian Rushes. They, it's a real there's skill. no shape or size. There's no yeah. preconceived way of doing it. They just get goals. I remember but, Clive Allen scoring a wonderful volley for the period that he played at uh, Chelsea. Brilliant goal. He was he was similar. He he just great goal scorer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. For you, Kerry, how much of being a top, top striker is about instinct? Because we talk a lot about technique, about the wonderful volleys, but the point Jonathan was making there about being off balance, surprising people, do you think it's just about having some knack? I, I, th- I think we've lost. I mean, I'm talking about Harry Kane. I'm looking for alternatives. The centre-forward has disappeared yeah. from, from football. Um, the actual, what we call a centre-forward, is that, there's now a striker and a number 10. I mean, what a number 10 is, I don't know. Is that the bloke that can't score goals, It can't be a support striker? Yeah. And nine so and a half, in, So he drops into midfield and, and, and doesn't quite do the job. I, I mean, I don't know where these new yeah. positions come from. You know, we've got the holding midfield players. Are they players that can't get them down the pitch, who, who can't score goals, who can't create goals, who just sit in front of the back four? Some teams need two of them. You know, the, there's certain positions when I played, They've disappeared, and I think the striker is one yeah. of them. Uh, the centre forward is one of them. We we work the ball to get it into wide positions, and cross it to who? They're too busy linking up play. We, we've got strikers who don't even get in the box. How the hell you talk about being off balance and all the rest of it? There's ten goals a season off rebounds off goalkeepers. If a striker wants, yeah. if he's got the instinct to go and get it, following a shot, get a rebound, but miss it one, be in the box. You know, that's been a major failing at Chelsea this season, hasn't there? Big players in the box, and also the centres going yeah. in the first. No crosses, nobody crosses, in the box. Crosses, nobody there. Yeah. Since Diego Costa's gone, yeah. we, we, yeah. we have not realistically replaced. But it. I mean, if, if what you're saying is true, and I and I agree with you, we were talking about this early, weren't we? And I think that they've, in a sense, they they're traditional strikers, the likes of which you and I grew up with, Jonathan. People like Kerry here. Uh, I remember Jimmy Floyd. Yeah, uh, they're not, Drogba. Yeah, they're out of the game. I remember Derek Kevin. Well, there we go, legend, obviously. <laughs> um, but the point is, is that if that's the case, I think that's that's really sad because throughout the history of football, right up until now, 
the strikers are possibly the most iconic of the players, aren't they? It's always the striker. Go back, Huey Gallagher, Tommy Lawton for Chelsea, people like this, you know, Jimmy Greaves. Always it was the striker that was the icon of the team. And if we've kind of eradicated that from the game, how tragic well, who, is that? Who is it now who's become the uh, the well, icon? It's well, much more the who it's knows? much more the midfielder. It's yeah, there. Maybe, well, maybe. You've seen a, you've seen the Chelsea side yeah. put out on, a, on quite a few occasions where there's been no strike. We've got the, they call it the three midgets yeah. up front. Yeah, you know, exactly. all wingers are playing yeah. in, in yeah. different positions. Totally. Even has a playing up front. Totally. In terms of strikers, you are one with a rich history, Kerry, in that you played for both England yes. and Chelsea. Yeah. Not the only player to have done that. And Mr Chidgy, I believe we have we, a quiz. Yeah, because how could I deny the listener the chance to have a quiz tonight just because England are playing and we haven't got much Chelsea to talk about? So they think. Ah. So they think. But Fools. no, the question this week is on a similar theme to the one that it normally is, Jonathan. This week, though, it's how many Chelsea players have played for England? And before the naysayers who don't support Chelsea say, what, you know, is it over 10? It's way over it's 10. Must be We're sitting well, with well one here. 10. Kerry played for England, talking, as you said. You're talking about um, all time? Yeah, all time. It's a lot. Anyway, they need to answer this for us. and They need to do it by the end of the show, but they can do it on Twitter at Love Sport Radio or at Chelsea Fancast. Well, they could phone in. They could even phone in. Yeah. 0208 That'd be a change, wouldn't it? Shall I read that again? Sorry, I'm so sorry. I interrupted okay. the phone number. You should, that was, know, better, oh, you should that, know better That was now. appalling it behaviour, was, terrible. wasn't it? Terrible. Go, go and sit I'm, in the corner. I'm going to beat myself up you now. You should do. And you, might be, and you might have to change your answer if hudson Adoy actually gets on the it, pitch. Very good <laughs> point. Very good point. Indeed, we will. Yeah, we'll very change true. it. Anyway, phone Isn't us up. Isn't he starting? He might, no, not no, yet. Anyway, phone us up. 0208 70 20 558. Wonderful. You'll be able to have a chat with Kerry. You can give us your answers and you can even call us out if we are talking rubbish. Don't go anywhere because coming up we'll have the press report with Liam Toomey, who is the Chelsea correspondent for ESPN, talking Sarri on the brink, a potential fans boycott and Southgate's views on a certain Mr. Sarri. This is Love Sport. You are listening to the Chelsea Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio with me, Johnny Burrow, Jonathan Kidd, Stamford Chidge and Mr Kerry Dixon. 193 goals for the Blues. I'm delighted to say we're also joined on the line by Liam Toomey, who is the Chelsea correspondent for ESPN. Good evening, Liam. Thanks very much for joining us. It was another questionable result for Sarri at the weekend against Everton. Do you think he's on the brink? Good evening, guys. Good Hello, to Liam. You. Um... I don't, well, I, don't, I don't think he's in immediate danger of this international break. Um, I think if something was going to happen, it probably would have already happened. Um, and, and I'm increasingly thinking, you know, it's, it's hard to say with certainty one way or another, but I'm increasingly thinking that this probably plays out with Sarri um, surviving to the end of the season because Chelsea is still in the running for, for the top four, um, points-wise at least, even if the last two games have been been poor the last two results and of course the Europa League draw continues to be kind so as long as there is a, a possibility of qualifying for next season's Champions League through one route or the other I think um, Sarri, is, Sarri is safe and I, I think those at least one of those possibilities will probably persist until quite near the end of the season but um, it's certainly not a healthy situation at the moment particularly with the fans as I'm sure you guys have have discussed at length, um, and and we'll, we'll, we'll see where it goes. I mean, it, it, it still feels like we know the ending to this particular movie. We just don't know exactly when it's coming. Yeah, Liam, I mean, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about this, I mean, you know, obviously as supporters and, and being absolute cynics, we, we usually take any kind of 
stories like this as a pinch of salt. But I think it was it was a Matt Hughes article, wasn't it, in the in the uh, the Telegraph or the Times, and basically he was talking about the uh, the board meeting to discuss Sarri's future, and even going so far as to say that it was down to the results at the moment and not bringing in the youth. So. I think it's, I mean, even if we think it's nonsense, it's worth talking about because clearly there's never any smoke without fire, is there? Well, and I think um, I, I think it would be negligent of the board to not be having yeah. these discussions, really, um, given the way this season has gone, given the general atmosphere around the club. I mean, it's such an unusual situation for any Chelsea coach to find themselves in where they've got such open hostility from such a large section of the fan base. You know, Chelsea coaches don't generally lose the fans. Um, I don't know, I think Scolari got given a hard degree. time, though, didn't he? I think Scolari got... Not, uh, not to this extent. No, I suppose not to this extent. We're very no, well no. behaved as a rule. Kerry will know can, this. He played I, for us. We're I very good. Can I just ask you something? Uh, is, this actually a fact, is this actually a fact that Sari has lost the fans, in your opinion? A lot of them. Seriously, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, the away supporters... Started having enough, I think, probably after the Arsenal game. That's when it first started. Well, what was the thought on Conte last year? Well, Conte had proved himself to the supporters, A, by winning the title, and B, by being really passionate and jumping in the crowd. So he got a lot more leeway. And I think a lot of supporters decided, you know, around this time of the year, that basically he had been let down by the board, so he didn't get any grief. Can I ask Liam a a, a quick question? As a correspondent and someone who looks at Chelsea, Liam... Do you know what sorry ball actually is? <laughs> Brilliant question. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's been one of the defining questions of the season, hasn't it, Kerry? Um, it, inf- I mean, every time Sarri is asked this, to, to, in fairness to him, he, he always says, I don't know what sorry ball is either. You know, it's yeah, something yeah. That, that fans of his Napoli team came up with. Um, it's just an, an easy way to refer to the type of football they were playing. Um, and, and, you know, Sarri, I don't think, defines it in such pretentious terms as maybe some of the people around him or some of the people who who advocate for, for his style of football on, on Twitter and, and elsewhere. Yeah, okay. um, the, reason, the reason one, I one ask, I and I'm interrupting a little bit, I, I, I do know, sure. but because you, you say about Sarri Ball, the disenchantment apparently of the fans and the supporters, um, if they don't know what Sarri Ball is, and he don't know what it is, you know, it's talked about. It's not being implemented. I think. Why are they disenchanted? The fans are fed up with what they call possession football, with no result, no end product, with no end product. Yeah, with an actual what you fact. What you were talking about earlier, no crosses yeah, the, into the, the box and yeah. strikers but getting the bo- in. For, for me, what which it, it isn't, it isn't possession football. It's actually no. pressing and keeping and and forcing the opposition to give the ball back as soon as possible, which they do. They do expertly. The dilemma is, is that they can't shoot and they don't shoot. Well, and I think we it's say, just that. And no, it's well, not I, just I think it's one of the main problems, though, is well, that well, is I, they, I, I, they don't they don't appear to have a go you, on goal. They just Jonathan, pass the square. Do you actually square. think that all Chelsea players press? I don't see Eden Hazard pressing fullbacks no, and, exactly. and, and things like this. I mean, no, he's no, obviously no, not achieving something. No, ball. no, no. But they they do when it for the for for short periods. There's a when it, for example, the first forty five minutes against Everton, everybody played within this rigid system and it worked. And and Hazard was hardly involved. Consequently. No, that's the problem. Is they don't they don't fit. No, Ker- it doesn't. Kerry that's Dixon the real problem. It doesn't work. He's not convinced. He's is he? I, I, in, I don't think disbelief. I'd get a game in Sarri Ball. You would I certainly wouldn't be you pressing. Wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't get a no, game. You wouldn't. Gary Lineker wouldn't you get don't a game. There's enough. plenty of people who wouldn't get a game in this Sarri Ball. Yeah. You know, even Hazard. I mean, would Lionel Messi play in this system? Would well, he does because he does it at Barcelona. But I does does does. That's a good question. Does Messi press to the extent that? You would be expected to in this kind of system. I would probably say probably not, but he's probably the only player who's given a bit. But of he might give him the leeway. 
Yeah, because he's messy. Well, I think you've all I, I think you've all touched on something that's a really interesting um, tension in modern football generally. It's not just Chelsea. Yeah, it's, exactly that. Uh, it, now nowadays, you have these the, the rise of these modern super coaches and and the way tactics have developed <laughs> is that it, it is all about um, pressing and and how you. Uh, when it's I not say football, coaches, Liam. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very interested if Sarri gets out in on, on your comment there again, Liam. Chelsea, Chelsea employ Frank Lampard as the next manager. Yeah. Is it, does he go to be? <laughs> is he next super coach or, or, or where does he fit? Well, in? He's a great know. bloke. I, I mean, he's still very young, isn't he? But I mean, I mean, sort of in terms of their the, the the brand of football they're trying to play is very sort of high tempo. Very, um, they, it, it's a lot harder to. It, 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 I think there's more emphasis on ten players kind of attacking in different ways. I mean, even the defenders have to be good on the ball and able to contribute to attacks and, and 10 players defending in terms of forward defending from the front, pressing. And I think what you see with, with Messi and Barcelona is, I think you 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 still get allowances made for the very best players, don't well, you? So with, with that, Liam, I, I can see across from me, Kerry Dixon is shaking his head. <laughs> Kerry, I've, I've got to ask you, speaking not, as a as a top striker... I'm, I'm not disagreeing with uh, Liam. I'm not disagreeing with anyone around it. I, I mean, I don't know what Sarri Ball is. I mean, it's a system that he, he, he got at uh, Napoli. It worked for him and all the players fitted in and it was easy. Um, we've we've had a manager. We've, we've won the league in Conte. Didn't didn't really know what he's doing as far as I'm concerned when he first came. Lovely bloke and all the rest of it. Fit, hit on the system at Leicester... And, we won the game, and then he stuck with it the next game. He stuck with it the next game. We 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 went unbeaten for about twenty odd games, twenty six games. We end up winning the league with with a team that, you know, wouldn't half the players without being horrible to the players wouldn't necessarily get in everyone's top side in the Premier League, yeah. and yet we won the league. And Leicester have done something similar. Um, it's about fitting something that works, and if it's not broke, just leave it as it is. We haven't got anything Chelsea at the moment. I don't know what Sarri Ball is. But Kerry, when you were playing, if you had been asked or indeed forced to press by a coach, do you think you'd have scored fewer goals? I think I might not have done it. (laughs) (laughs) But I think the point that Kerry is making here, because he made this earlier, and I I know Kerry very well, we do a lot of shows together, and he says this to me, reminds me of this in the kindest possible way, that football is about players, not systems. If you have good players and you can actually gel them together as a team, you tend to win more matches than you lose. It's not about systems. I grew up in a time when defenders used to stop attackers, not attackers stopping defenders. Come on. Exactly. But there you go. Can we talk about, um, because I I had a chat with Liam about this earlier in the week, funny enough, but there was an article this week, uh, I can't remember where it was now, but uh, slamming Chelsea fans for boycotting the football because we all hate Sarri and the style of football that we play. Uh, you're, you're aware of this, aren't you, Liam? Yes. Yeah, it was an article in the Daily Mail, wasn't it? Um, yeah. About about season ticket holders putting their tickets on yeah. sale for certain games. And, I mean, it's, it's difficult because, I mean, it was obviously presented... Um, it, it was obviously presented in a way that, that made it look like fans on mass are selling their tickets because they've they've lost faith in where Chelsea are going under Sarri and they just don't want to watch this anymore and stuff but, but you know when we were when you and I were talking about it Chidge you know mm. it's a very valid point that all the games referenced also happen to be Monday night games or yeah. Wednesday night games or games rescheduled for TV which is very difficult isn't it to, to just draw the line without knowing why people are selling their tickets between the ones that are you know legitimately feeling disenchanted with it all and and others who just practically you know can no longer go to the game or feel like they've been messed around by tv schedulers and 
and so on. So it's kind of a tricky one. I think that's probably why you haven't seen um, other media go too big on on that kind of story yeah. because it's very difficult to read intentions into into actions where where people don't state their intentions. Do you think that's just needless stirring from yeah, the media, I do. Liam? <laughs> so does Kerry. Got a thumbs up from Kerry Dixon. You'll be pleased to hear. I absolutely do think it. I've not heard of all this boycott and unrest. I, I, mean, I heard it um, uh, with Conti, you know, unrest towards the back end just yeah. before, back end of last season. Any. But I've not heard it to these levels um, about Sari. I, uh, you know, I feel a little bit sorry for him. If, we, if we've implemented, we've brought a guy in, he's had one season, um, he, he's inherited a group of players. It's not what we what we. Um, want at the moment we want to be top we want to be winning everything but you're quite right what you said earlier Liam. we've still got uh, potential this season we've still got opportunities um, style of football the, the bottom line is uh, I mean I don't know how, whether Higuain is ever going to really step up to the plate or not but we haven't we haven't got severe lack of goals um, Frank Lampard's gone from the team Diego Costa's gone from the team we've took nearly 50 goals a season out of Chelsea Football Club and we've replaced them with what? Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, you know, Liam and I know this very well. I mean, there, there is, I think, perhaps, you know, I, the most negative I've, I've experienced it in about 20 years, actually, amongst the supporters because they're hacked off. And I, but it's not entirely down to Sarri. I think a lot of the supporters are, are very aware of, you know, stuff going on underneath that, that, that's contributing to this. They're also getting older. But the reality is, Johnny, as we were saying, you know, it takes no account of the fact that these... We're also fed up with the fact that nearly every Chelsea game gets changed, you know, from a Saturday kickoff to another time. And, of course, the other fact, thing to factor in is Thursday nights. You see, because of the Europa League, we've had so many Thursday night games and it just really does your head in. And I think there's a lot of that contributing to it as well. Yeah, and the fans bear the brunt of that. Yeah. Talking about unrest, Liam, I've got to ask quickly about the Chelsea ladies game last night against PSG. We were hearing reports and indeed allegations that certain areas of the PSG support weren't allowed into the ground. It's being said that they were PSG ultras. There are allegations that there were knuckle dusters, knives, perhaps even Class A substances found on coaches. Do you think that there is any basis to this? PSG have come out and criticised the Met Police. It's all getting very messy. It's getting very Brexit, mate. Very Brexit indeed. Yeah. France versus the rest of us. Is it all a storm in the teacup or were there actually serious problems last night? It was an utterly bizarre incident. I wasn't actually at the game. I was I was at Gareth Southgate's press conference. So I was, I was reading, you know, reports from reporters I trust who were there, and I was following it up afterwards with the Met and so on. Um, there's certainly a, an incident, a significant incident took place. You know, around 50 PSG fans. Um, I think they were all on one coach from from France uh, arrived sort of the, at the vicinity of the stadium in the morning. And there were reports, the Met received reports of criminal damage to the stadium. Um, and, you know, by the time they turned up, the fans had, the fans had scattered. And they received sort of scattered reports of, uh, of disorder in various tube stations during the day. And then they kept, they kept tabs on, you know, they basically waited for these fans to try and show up at the ground again. And then when they did, I think there was a there was a search of the coach and that and the police statement that we received and that they've issued to everyone confirmed that there were weapons and drugs found on that coach. There were class A drugs and um, a knuckle duster and and several knives. So, I mean that 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 lends a pretty serious air to all of this. I mean, Chelsea Chelsea call it fairly 
a fairly minor incident. UEFA have decided it's not, not to that minor, so, is it, Liam? I mean, knuckle dusters and knives on a bus—that's that's pretty troubling. Well, that's the thing. It, you know, it automatically make, makes your ears prick up when you hear that. Um, UEFA aren't inve- investigating. PSG won't get any disciplinary measures for this, and PSG issued a very bullish statement of their own, basically um, contesting quite a few of the. Uh, quite quite a few of the allegations against their fans and, and suggesting that they'd been harshly treated uh, and that, that maybe there was an agenda to not letting their fans in, which I don't think, you know, a statement like that from a, from a club, I don't think really helps anything, regardless of what they believe. No trouble. Uh, it's not very not very becoming of a major European club to issue a statement like that, I don't think. Absolutely not, and troubling news all round. Liam, thanks ever so much for joining us. Liam Toomey there, Chelsea correspondent for ESPN. We're just getting news coming into the studio that Olivier Giroud and N'Golo Kante are starting for France versus Moldova. They might not be the only Chelsea players in international action. Will we see Callum Hudson-Odoi make his England debut? Don't go anywhere. This is Love Sport. Sarri Ball has been taking an absolute <laughs> pasting from Kerry Dixon in the break. Which a bit is like some... central defenders in the 80s. A bit mate. like central defenders <laughs> in the tra- 80s. I've well, tried listen, to I'm... defend, I've failed. <laughs> well, well, Jonathan is saying it's like passing triangles. This, I, I, mean, I still haven't got it. He said it's like passing triangles, a man has to be close. It would rule out the David Luiz pass over the top. Where oh, no, 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 that's allowed. That's, that's allowed. allowed. It's a big triangle, yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's and a so huge, it's an isosceles. Would Glenn Hoddle get a game in Sarri Ball? Because he used to hit 40, 50 yards. No, 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 that's allowed, but as long as you've done he doesn't like that. He doesn't like well, that. But it seems, players be, dribbling. it seems to be a major... <laughs> Pat Nevin and Glenn yeah, they wouldn't, wouldn't, get they wouldn't get a look no, in. Just no, quickly, no. let's yeah, have yeah. Jonathan Kidd, without meaning to cast you as the centre-half of the He's piece. He's the villain of Jonathan. the piece tonight. <laughs> I love it. Uh, if you could just quickly outline Surrey Ball or what we understand Surrey Ball to well, be and Kerry... My understanding of it is is that the, it's a high press. You're supposed to get the ball back as soon as you put, you know, within a certain number of seconds, which is the way that Barcelona play as well. Um, you're supposed to play in triangles so that you could actually play blindfold, but somebody's always making the triangle for the pass so it's, mm. and it's first time pass. The major thing is quick, it has to be very quick. Time, yeah, it's yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we don't play it that way. Right, so we're not quick. We don't play in the triangles. And what happens is in the second half, we go a goal down and they don't play anything at all. You know, I'll tell you what's interesting because I mean obviously we've been debating this since the beginning of the season and, and it's done our heads in but uh, I would be really interested to hear what Kerry says about one of the aspects of this and one of the things I've heard recently and this is really in a comparison to City as well is that in order to play this kind of system the players actually have to really commit to it and buy into it and ultimately what happens is that they're almost playing it as second nature they're not having to think about it yeah. I mean how realistic is that as a player that you have to completely submit to a way of playing that you might not believe in or trust immediately and then actually do it I, I well, find that hard to believe well it all depends I mean you, you know you ask a striker who's pacey who can outrun the centre half yeah. I would ask my midfield player who can yeah. actually pass the football just leave it in behind if, yeah. it's a, if ever yeah. see a situation where you're on the ball it's a 50-50 leave the ball in behind because I'm quicker than him I will outrun him and there's a good opportunity to score a goal I don't know where that would actually fit into Sarri ball yeah. because it, it doesn't fit the criteria yeah. and you know you, you, people who are creative midfield players people I've played with Matt Letitia could hit, hit uh, 60, 70 yard balls Glenn Hoddle people yeah. who could who could pass the football over distance David Luiz has done it for Chelsea this yeah. year and created numerous goals or opportunities um, I don't quite understand how that is well, and, well, and you asked me and you asked me <coughs> how I would fit in well I think about how Gary Lineker would fit in well, yeah. if there wasn't a third man he, he's the yeah. second highest goal scorer for England on a, on a night where England are playing at Wembley 
But that he would not fit in these systems. He would not come short yeah. to make a triangle. No, but I, I agree he, with he you. Would, he would look to run in behind, set a ball up, draw someone in, spin off his centre half, and hopefully someone with some intelligence yeah. would play the ball into his path where he'd get but a goal scoring opportunity. This is my point, Kerry. I mean, you know, let, let's say the average age of most footballers in the Premier League teams is about 24, let's say. These guys have been playing for the best part of, you know, eight years professionally, probably 15 years, period. They now know what they're good at. They know what their strengths are. They know what has made them successful. Dave, are you Why saying, are they going to go and suddenly give you, it all are, up and buy into a system yeah, that they don't believe in? Are you in? saying that other teams play this system? Is this sorry ball? Because I, well, I must have missed it, out on the last five it, it's years. It's a version of what Guardiola did at Barcelona, really. It's a version of what City, Guardiola you know? does at it's, City it's, at it's the moment. It's a variation on yeah, that theme, yeah. isn't it? Well, sorry, it's interesting me. that Guardiola should come up there because the term that we saw poo-pooed earlier in the show was that of the super manager. Yeah. With all these systems, Kerry, do you think that modern football Football is becoming needlessly complicated. Should it be as simple as yeah. a ball in behind for a pacey striker? Yeah. Well, what's wrong with that? No, um, nothing. Yeah. nothing. What's wrong with that? If a, if a striker outruns a centre half and scores a goal, uh, we're all it, up do, for it. Do we have to have 25 passes, which has been slammed yeah. on the show, yeah. uh, just to score a goal? Uh, I mean, everyone, well, it shouldn't be 25 it, passes either. That's the it, problem. It, it shouldn't be. No, it shouldn't be either. It, but it, there's it, probably it just go quickly and quickly, you know, then it's it, it's in. So. Yeah. But, but, I, it, but it is. It is. But know, it is. Yeah. No, but I think the major problem is those players can't play the system. Let's look at Chelsea's midfield, right? Let's look at the midfield and yeah. these people. Where's the creative midfield players gone in this system? Then this, uh, this sorry, man. Well, we, we, we've now got. <laughs> waiting. Kov- we've got. We've got. We've, look at our creative midfielders. Kovacic. Um, Kovacic. He's not creative. Uh, uh, Kovacic. Kante. Kovacic. Uh, and Ju- and Jorginho, yeah. right? So w- creativity. You're moaning about lack of goals. Fifty goals have gone. We're trying to surely someone. We've got to create goals for someone. Well, there's no creativity. It's, it's, got to it's supposed back. to be Jorginho. It's well, supposed, he's supposed who, to be the creator. It's, it's, if he no, hasn't, he hasn't do no. it, we are in trouble. Well, well but Sarri's argument with that was that Jorginho sits further back, and in actual fact, it should be down to the other players. He will still assist. He will so try he, with it. He's got the best holding midfield player in the world, playing on the right, who can't create, and he's got a creative player who's playing in the best holding midfield players in the world position, who's sitting behind him, who's expected to be more creative. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in, in a and nutshell. you wonder why it's not working. Well, I know, exactly. And I mean, you know, it's not just, uh, I mean, I, I agree with you, actually. I mean, how do you replace a player like Frank Lampard? The guy's a one-off. You know, you're not going to replace that goals, that many goals coming from midfield. But, There's another way the, the, Yeah, but the reality is, it's even strip that away, you know, there are, there are neither goals nor creativity in Chelsea's midfield. And what we were discussing on the show the other week, I think it was after the Everton game, wasn't it? There's no bite either. You know, they, teams run through us at but the it, moment. His, his thing about the mentality is that the more you think about it, actually, you think, well, they don't appear to have a spark. They're, I don't think they believe their, in their it. Their heads mate. go down. I don't think they believe in it. Well, I don't it. think it's a question of not believing in it. I don't think they they know they can't play it very well. Let well. me let me make an analogy Because they you. have a go. Let me make an analogy for yeah. you. You are one of the best voiceover artists in this country. Oh, am I? It's very you are, you. and you. you don't have to pay me to say that. It's, it's, it's This is beyond Although price. you do now owe him that you tenner we talked about before. It was actually, right? okay. actually £7.50. But listen, right? you, you've got to that level by doing what you do very, very well. You, you have a particular style about how you do it. I come in as a director and I say, no, 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 Jonathan, that's no good. I want you to do it like this and I put on this really stupid voice. But you offer me, offer me a large amount of money. And then you'll just do it, wouldn't you? Because yeah. you're a tart, yeah, basically. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> other than that, it, but you clearly don't believe in that and you know that it's rubbish yeah. and, and you know that what's got you to that level yeah. has worked very well. Where do you go with w- that? What you've done, you've created a situation where you're asking the man who's uh, topped his trade... Yeah. To 
fit in with a manager yeah. that believes in yeah. something and then you've got to multiply that by 11 stroke yeah. 20 players yeah. and get them all to fit in is it well, this works, does it? What he should do, though, is... is anyway, just is, very quickly is, before okay. you answer that, do you, really, you know what regista means in, in Italian? Director. Yes. So it's a very indeed. good uh, analogy, indeed. that. Indeed. You know, I've been a director and I've worked with actors and when you, when you do it wrong, you don't half know about it quickly. Just while we're on, what would you do? What would I do, what, with my voice? When voiceovers? you've been asked... When, yeah, would you, would you compromise? Uh, no, you always do the job. Yeah. Because so you always, when you say you, you always do the think job, the money. do you mean do what you're told? Yeah, yeah. always. Do you know right. what he? I know what he'd really do actually. Yeah. He's done this before. He'd throw down his headphones, and and say very dramatically, "I'm sorry, but this, this is just not for working for me." And yeah, then he'd yeah. storm out. No, no, I know. Only with only with you. Only with me. Only with you. Thank you so much. I feel really honoured to know that I have made you do that. How hilarious! Ever. But no, no, I, I, I always think of the money. That's because I don't pay you. Exactly. There you go. (laughs) Boom. But carry on. (laughs) I'm fascinated by your response to Saribol because you're clearly not a fan. And we can see, as you point out with Kante, that they have some fantastic players. So if you were in charge, how would you set up this Chelsea team to get the best out of Kante, the best out of Hazard, and win the league? Oh, listen, we won't win the league with the players we've got. Simple as that. Um, um, We just haven't got the goals in the team. Um, Look at the two teams. The teams at the top, the front three of Liverpool, oh, there's goals there. Um, at Tottenham, for example, there is goals with Harry Kane. Um, and, we're, we're, and, and Song, um, of course. And, and well, Deli Alley, there's a few Ericsson. Yeah. They, they, yeah. they chip in with goals from their midfield. Yeah. Um, there are teams, and of course, City, have goals everywhere. Um, we haven't, there's nowhere we look apart from Eden Hazard on a going day that we would get goals on a regular basis. Um, how it's not about a shape or a system. You look at Arsenal's team when Vieira, Petit were in midfield, and, and Roy Keane and Scholes at United, they were great. Things have changed. The defensive midfield player has come into the modern game and, and every team must have one, apparently. Some have even got two. It's arguably um, Chelsea's uh, fault, that. Well, well yeah, Claude Makélélé, maybe, you know. Um, but now everyone's got to have at least one. And, you know, I'm someone who looks at the creative side of football and someone who wants to see goal-scoring chances and opportunities and exciting games. Not this ne- negative side. The super coaches, they're all negative, you know. All they want to do is get people behind the ball, how to stop the opposition. They opt to stat. They, they run all over the field. Um, they, is, you've got is, people who win opt to stats, but they couldn't even get in the team in is, my day. So Simeone is a, is a, 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 a negative super coach because he, he is unbelievably well, defensive. You're a super a coach if you've style. won something in world football. You, you, you know, he's won, if you've the, won, he's won the Europa League. He won the Europa League well, with yeah, Atletico, I'm, didn't he? Well, hang on, I'm not going to knock anyone who's managed at the top level. I mean, oh, no, I'm, no, I'm, I'm not, 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 not in a position I'm to not, do that. No, I'm not criticising. I'm just but, I'm asking for, for, for examples well, because... Well, hold on. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm asking, um, what is a super coach uh, in terms of... if we we've, How many super coaches have we bought in? We bought Phil Scolari for winning the World Cup or, or managing in the World Cup to, to Chelsea. Far from super coach. Well, I mean, let's think about it. We've got Mourinho, obviously. Uh, Scolari, I think, would have been up there as that. Uh, Carlo Ancelotti, Conte, super coaches. Those, those are the super coaches. They'd all won. They'd all they'd all made a reputation in their yeah. respective leagues. And two sometimes of them won the league that. for us. Yeah, well, Carlo, Conte, and Mourinho all won trophies. Scolari was an absolute disaster and was gone by February. So actually, three out of those. AVB four. was. Um, well, he wasn't. Well, a, no, no, he, well, no, but he was, was just. It, he was a bit like. Was there a super coach? He was a DVD guy. 
Was yes, that Ram Grant the super yes. coach? He took us to Moscow. Uh, no, he no, no, no. He no. he went. Kerry, he was there for the ride. I think. Not, I not, think the technical <laughs> term for Avram Grant is bloke, isn't it? Do you know what though? In all seriousness, he's a lovely bloke. He's is a he? really nice bloke. Yeah. He met up with the. Uh, I think you know you know Mark Warrell, don't you, Marco? Yeah, great bloke. Marco great bloke. and Kelvin were in a pub, and I think he turned up there and and uh, had a great chat with them, and was lovely. They they adored him. They thought he was a lovely bloke, but not a not a manager really. I don't think. Well, one team who've showed that you don't need a super coach to play good football are, of course, England. Yeah. And coming up, we'll be yeah. getting Kerry's take on the current mm. national team setup. This is Love Sport. Harry Kane is an England striker of the very highest pedigree, but I'm delighted to say we're joined in the studio by another in the form of a certain Mr Kerry Dixon. 193 goals for Chelsea in all competitions, four goals for England in eight caps. In, in England are just about to get underway against the Czech Republic. I think we could see Mr Kane on the score sheet. Kerry, would you have relished playing in this England team? I'd love to play in this England team. Um, and I have to say, I think Gareth Southgate has done a wonderful job. Um, you talk about super coaches. Um, he took over a, a, an England side when many people didn't give them much chance. Uh, you know, people say he had to build a side. He blooded the youngsters, which he believed in, uh, put them in, give them the opportunity. And I've got to say, most of them were successful. Um, England, you know, went through the last qualifying campaign, I think, unbeaten. They, you know, they've acquitted themselves very well in, in, in tournaments. And... You know, he goes again. Um, tonight we start off with the Euro qualifiers, and you know this. The Czech Republic will be at home and away will be our hardest opposition. I do feel, and I think England should qualify quite comfortably, which can the nation will start to think. Hold on, we're one of the best teams in Europe. We're going to win the Euros, and all the euphoria will start. Which but we do. aren't we? Um, I think we could. On what I saw in the last World Cup, I think yeah, we could. Yeah. On any given day, with a degree of luck in certain games, I think it's possible. Um, there, are, there are one or two players in, in the England squad who, who would fit into world class. Mm. I, I, I like certain players more than others. But generally, it, it's a together squad. Yeah. It, it's a team. It's something that he's built, and he demands every player that is promoted or brought into the squad fit into this pattern. He's, he's developed it himself. And when you, buy, when you go there, you do, mm. like we've been discussing, buy into his way and his method and his means. He tells them all exactly what is expected of them. Yeah. And I think it's something to be proud of at the moment. I think he's doing a great job. I definitely agree with that. I, I, you know, Southgate really should not, should not and cannot be underestimated about the impact that he's had on, on England. Because let's be really honest here, nobody gave him a cat in hell's chance of doing anything. Most people question why he was doing it when he was given the job. Uh, and there was, uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm in my 50s and I, I grew up, uh, you know, uh, loving and adoring England. I mean, I was, I was as much an England fan as I was a Chelsea fan. But the last kind of 15, 20 years, that, that love of England has, has, you know, bottomed out. Uh, I think also commensurate with, with Chelsea doing really, really well. But he, Southgate, what he did in the summer has restored a lot of people's love and support for England, which I never thought would see come back. And the other thing that I would add is, yeah, I, yeah, I know I agree with you. It's, it's arguable, isn't it, as to whether, you know, they are one of the best in Europe or not. But what is fascinating is that we've got a manager managing England now who has managed a lot of the young kids that are breaking through. And, it, you know, a lot of these kids, I mean, like Callum Hudson-Odoi, who I hope will get some minutes tonight, was part of uh, an England under-17 side that won the World Cup. Southgate knows these guys. You've got the Germans queuing up to sign half of them, like Callum Hudson-Odoi, Jaden Sancho. 
we we could be on the cusp of having one of the greatest generations of England players we've seen with a guy at the helm who a knows these kids and their value and and seems to have this integrity and honesty at a manager that I've not seen in England for a long time. I'm I tell you he's I'm converted. And he plays players that he's got belief in. Exactly these players. That, he, he plays players Merit, from, from teams which yeah. aren't necessarily fashionable. Yeah. He gives them an opportunity exactly if you're that. doing well. Exactly that. Everything about Southgate's management of England has been fantastic. Yeah. It has, hasn't it? Jonathan? I agree completely. Mm. I think he's he's changed the entire ethos, Chidge, which is a point yeah. you were making. You were saying you grew up in a generation where you were a massive England fan. Well, yeah. for people of my generation, we grew up with this kind of arrogance yeah. about England. Golden generation. This is the thing. The first yeah. and only England teams I could remember for a long time were 2004, 2006. And growing up as an England fan in that climate, you assume that players of the quality of Frank Lampard, yeah. of Stephen Gerrard, of Paul Scholes, of Wayne Rooney are standard. Yeah. We then saw the 2010-2014 World Cups and suddenly you realise, hang on, we were blessed yeah. for a spell there. But what Southgate is doing now is he's got an arguably less talented group of players. He's playing better football and people my age, people your age, everyone team, is more Johnny. excited team. exactly okay. about this team than we ever thought. Arguably achieving better results. Yeah, yeah but absolutely. But he was also blessed yeah. with the draw in the summer in the World Cup. Yeah, well, I know, but yeah. a bit of luck in, yeah, accordingly. have a bit of that. But and, it's... And, I, I think it was about spirit, Jonathan. It was I woke up every morning in the summer, as Chidge said, having been disillusioned, yeah. with three lines in my yeah. head, yeah. and I just have never that had must that have before. been quite quite full. I understand it's a sold yes. it's a sold out Wembley, so you're yeah. not alone in that. You no, know? Exactly. Uh, I mean, but, people have got belief in England. I mean, but I think this is I, I love that analogy actually about the golden generation. Undoubtedly, the best, uh, the most, you know, in terms of quality, the best group of players we've probably ever had international level and they did nothing they used to get crashed out at quarterfinals regularly and yet the one time we've won the world cup was in 1966 because we had an absolute you know dictator authoritarian manager who played everybody in a pattern who who, who <laughs> no no it wasn't the system jonathan it was, oh, okay no, no but the reality is what Am, what ramsey did is he decided how he wanted to play and he put the players in that would you know play that way the best for him he didn't have all of this stuff that Sven Joran Eriksson did which is oh I've got all these great players they all have to play I'll play them all so I'll position. put them all in yes. and then I, they're not none of them are playing in the right positions and it doesn't work I wonder why so Alf Ramsey created a team and played the best players for that team and I think Southgate is doing the same thing it's not rocket science is it just a little one on that just to put a little thorn in there a little on, bit then. is Marcus Rashford a centre forward or is he a winger oh that's a good question well you would know better uh, than anyone Kerry for me He's a centre forward, and every time I see him played on the wing, it frustrates me. But, no, what but do you I'm, think? I'm just taking up on what Chidge no, just no, said, playing people out yeah, of positions. Yeah, Does point. Harry Kane stay in and Marcus Rashford has to play left wing because of that yeah. situation? That, that is a good yeah. point. But I, I, I think, look, the, the, I, take, I take your point. I get what you're saying. That's not, it's not, not traditional. It's not a traditional centre forward, play. Rashford, is he? He's not, uh, he's not holding the ball up. He's well, not playing that way. Well, he's, you, when, he's, he's breaking all the time. Well, when Lukaku plays for United, he plays wide as well. But I think the point that I'm really making is that, you know, the difference between what we're doing now and what we were doing with Sven is that, you know, Sven would pick the, what he'd believe were the best 11 players in England and then yeah, try and yeah, make, try it, make work. it work. Yeah. And that's just nuts. But he you need to play the best pop, players that will work in that team. What system is he playing Southgate? Well, Southgate. He's playing three at the back most it, of the yeah, time. Yeah, mostly. Mostly. Well, in which yeah. case, that, that having the speedy, having Rashford break is, yeah, from a defensive position you know, is perfect. Here's another thing. In 2019, even old Luddites and dinosaurs like me appreciate, and I, and I take your point about systems, but I cannot stand this idea of being absolutely rigid in a system. 
you know, surely teams should be able to play any blooming system and change depending no, on what they're up absolutely. against. Absolutely, but for example, Sarri would get back to it doesn't seem to be capable of doing it. And what happens is, well, he the, has done recently. The, no, and I think right. the players mutiny in that. I don't think I think yeah. the players have parts of their their this, of, of yeah. playing under Conte suddenly thinks I better play defensively. Well, I'm not convinced that he because he but that he seems to then start writing notes every time they do something. That, it's that, a shopping that, list. It's, is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, I hadn't realised. I thought it was. Uh, <laughs> well, the other thing on that is, is, yeah. is, is, is it all goes about what's happening during the game. Uh, it's systems. You can't be a rigid system. If you're getting beat, you've got to take a defender up or you've got to move position. You've got to move not only personnel. I mean, so many managers, these super coaches or not super coaches or otherwise, do like-for-like substitutions. They don't change the shape. They don't change their beliefs. They just stick to it and hope Nobody that their beliefs it. are going to come through with different personnel. Substitutions are, of course, central. If we see a few tonight, could we see the introduction of a certain Mr. Callum Hudson-Odoi? We'll be getting Kerry's take on him in just a moment. This is Love Sport. You are listening to the Chelsea Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio with me, Johnny Burrow, Dave Chidgey and Jonathan Kidd of the Chelsea Fancast and of course the main man, Chelsea legend Kerry Dixon is in the studio as well. If you've got a question for Kerry or just want to join the conversation on any of these topics, get in touch on 0208 70 2558 or at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. England have now kicked off against the Czech Republic a few minutes in and Callum Hudson-Odoi hasn't got a start but could it be... Time for a debut this evening. Well, Gareth, you, you answer that, Kerry, first. Um, one would hope so. I mean, certainly Gareth Southgate, as we've said beforehand, he wouldn't be um, scared of putting him on. Or he, he would give it, if he thinks he could do the job and he needs him in any capacity, he would play him. Um, I hope he does, like Dave said, and um, John hopes that, you know, he, he gets a game. Um He'll just have to adjust his quiz answers, as we say. <laughs> um, that, yeah, actually, well reminded. Like, we should remind people, shouldn't we? I mean, we've got our, we always have a quiz on the show, and it's usually you know who played for both Chelsea and whoever it is we're playing that weekend. But tonight, because it's England playing, it's how many Chelsea players have played for England. There are a lot. I have to tell you this, so I don't expect you to name them all because it'd take half an hour. But just give us a number and name a few. I, I can do them very quickly. I know you can in, in your in your kind of reduced Shakespeare voice. Yes, yes. but uh, <laughs> we'll do that at the end of the show. But do tweet us. At Love Sport Radio at Chelsea Fancast or phone us, give us a call 0208 70 20 558. Now, what I was going to say about Hudson Adoy, um, I mean, if he does get on, uh, I mean, it's absolutely wonderful for him uh, to be catapulted from where he was going um, to where he's going to be to actually make a, a debut, even as a substitute, if, if he gets the opportunity. Um, and I, I remember coming on a sub for England to be, to be called Kerry Dixon, Chelsea, and England. It, it's yeah. wonderful here on in, and for a youngster to have that. To his name at such an early be age, it, it's a wonderful in England. Thing. Oh, harsh, but true. or even Liverpool in England. There's the story I, I, I that's wanna, been I, happening. Kerry just I, says I something. think the story is: Will he be Chelsea in England? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Kerry, I, I want to ask you this actually, because you know it's one thing to play for Chelsea, which for most Chelsea supporters would be their dream come true. But what is it like to play for England? I mean, that's just for me. That's just taking it on another level. And then play at a World Cup. You played at a World Cup finals, mate. For <laughs> Six sake. minutes, yeah. No, but you, yeah, but you so. did it, and nobody can ever take that away from we you. We were so willing you on. Yeah, because <laughs> we didn't have you. many Chelsea I players playing for England. You were the only one. And we're all going. 
Yeah. Carry on. Yeah. Yeah, carry yeah. on. Well, exactly. it, it, it was close then because, um, I mean, Bobby Robson had the choice. I mean, Mark Haley, it was rumoured, going to be left out the side to partner yeah. Gary Lineker in the third group game. And uh, <laughs> it was between myself and yeah. Peter Beardsley. Um, Beardsley got the nod. Peter Beardsley. Yeah, I came, <laughs> in, I came on a sub for Lineker after he scored a hat-trick, but I, uh, the writing was on the wall. Um, yeah. Well, that was, the, it was, yeah, exactly. Lineker and Beardsley then become... Yeah. Yeah. What it was yeah. for the next six, yeah. five. Yeah. Six I mean, years. you know what? Talking of what, you know what we talked about earlier about Conte kind of lucking out and and yeah. just finding by accident a formation that worked. I mean, I remember that World Cup brilliantly because we were awful and Bobby Robson was getting days. hammered. Yeah. yeah, and then that yeah. third game, boom, it Bottom. all clicked. Luck because uh, Ray had been sent off, hadn't he? he had to That's change the exactly the, the, right. The team. Brian Robson dislocated his shoulder. That's right. Yeah, um, gone home and it was all going wrong. We'd yeah. drawn and 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 got beat. And we needed to win the last group yeah. game. And, of course, we come up for it. Well, Gary come up 3-0 and England won it. Yeah. Um, got my six minutes, which I'm so proud of. Um, yeah. What's it like you to play? Right, I'm, I'm yeah. extremely proud of it. Yeah. Um, I, like I say, it, it was wonderful to win an England cap, yeah. you know, in them days. And it's what boys dream of. And I'm sure Callum hudson yeah. Adoy will be dreaming and hoping that that will be the situation for him yeah. uh, there this evening. Um, That's brilliant. I, yeah. I only went with England for three years, but I, I won yeah. the eight caps at, 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 and it but it was more. Compa- I think we were talking about this weren't we, before we came on the show. Actually, that you know, compared to now, it seemed. If you were a striker for England, I mean, you were up against maybe eight, ten players who could have quite easily justified getting a cap. Whereas now, well, I'm, there it, aren't. Well, eight or ten. I was probably about fifteen or twenty well, who go. actually did get a cap. You there think you of uh, yeah. um, Mariner, um, uh, Woodcock at yeah. Arsenal. Yeah. Um, you think of uh, Clive Allen, Tony Cotty, uh, Mark Hately, Peter Beardsley, Gary Lineker. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Ian Wright, Mark Bright, Mick Arford, Brian Steen, Steve Ball. They all yeah. got caps. John Fashion got a cap. Yeah. They all played for England. They're all challenged yeah. in, in what was the And most, most of those players, you know, playing as strikers in their first division clubs. I know Bully was at Wolves in the second, but most of them were the main striker at their club and they were all English. You don't get that at all now, do you? That's how the game's changed, in my view. Yeah. You know, which is, a, which is a sadness, really, I think. There we go. Not the death of the. We, Kerry and I have said this on a podcast actually months ago. I remember it. I, I came out with something quite, you know, Daily Mail, the death of the striker. But I think that's what we're talking about here. Death of a centre forward. But is yeah, that sure. just the, because there are too many foreign players? Well, playing, I don't. Just, style you know, the of style is, of football, the structure is completely the different. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, the centre forward yeah. term has actually gone from everyone's. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dialogue. No one yeah. uses the term. Exactly. It's always the group. The squad's disappeared. Yeah. It's now the group. Um, yeah. There's all sorts of things that's disappeared <laughs> in modern football. You know. Uh, but could that be to do with the fitness of the players more? The, the athleticism, the fact that players can, can cover ground. Uh, are they? Uh, Who said that? Quicker. I'm, I'm saying supposed it. to be quicker. You you think they're quicker? Well, Harry Kane, for, and I don't know, but he's certainly he's certainly not quicker than myself or Gary Lineker. I know that much. You're going to uh, race him? Yeah. I mean. If they say football's quicker. Oh, the pitches are better. Um, that, pitches that's are for sure. Better, you don't get the, the bump, yeah. so the, the, the passing can be quicker. Um, certain, you know, um, certain things are better. But athleticism of the players. Mm, would Brian Robson get a game in this England squad? I don't know. Kerry's having absolutely <laughs> none how, of it. How could Brian Robson not get? No, athlet- I mean, that, that... Athleticism oh, of players. On, could yeah, Brian that... Robson get in ahead of Henderson or Dyer? No, what Don't I mean by that is just there. All you know, there are so many teams of uh, of fitness experts that you know. Brian Robson used to do a, a test after a night out. He used to <laughs> run about fifteen laps around the pitch. He'd lap me a couple of times and things like that. This was after a night out and yeah. still be the fittest. I, I mean, I don't know what these lads are doing. I'm not not drinking as much as that, I would have thought. I don't think they're hungover. <laughs> don't go anywhere. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. 
At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all... No more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. This is Love Sport. You are listening to the Chelsea Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio with me, Johnny Burrow, Stamford Chidge, Jonathan Kidd at the Chelsea Fancast and also Kerry Dixon, former Chelsea striker with 193 goals for the club and four for England as well. There's a bit of an argument going on in the ad break, something we don't normally have on the Chelsea Fan Show. We all get on very well, but there's a debate in the studio about the pace of football. Kerry, do you think it's got quicker? Do you think the players have got better, or is it all just rubbish? No, I don't think it's rubbish. I think it's people's perception, because they get told all the time that football is quicker and better. Um, Okay, so this is the product that they're being fed, and this is what they choose to believe. But, you know, in terms of what's got quicker... you, you. before me, Malcolm McDonald run 100 metres in 10.5 seconds on superstars. This is a while back for those that don't know. Um, I know players that could go under 100 metres under 11 seconds. I know players who can run. So it's certainly not quicker in terms of physical abilities. Um, certainly the pitches are better. The ball it's, might be moved a little bit better mm. and the ball itself might be better. Is stamina um, better? Um, were I, they were, no, are they fitter? I, were they fitter then? Well, I, or were they, well, with I, the fact that they, they well, I don't, uh, I don't think so. I don't think they're any fitter. Ro- Ross Barkley's just coming on for Eric. Is it Eric? Yeah, he's coming on for Dyer. Ross Barkley. So we have a Chelsea player well, on. Chelsea the pitch. players on who's not playing very well at the moment. Yeah, but so, I don't think uh, that's his fault. That's a good. We've reminder. had this out many a time we on have, the show because he's playing rigidly in the well, system. Well, I think he's being co- his his spontaneity he's and being individual out of skills. That's a good reminder for our quiz as well. Can you name all of the Chelsea players who yeah. also played for England? He's already on the list. By he the is. way, he's not new. Callum Hudson Odoi will be new. Should he come in, Kerry? You, you were about to say something then. No, I was just saying about the pace and everything. I mean, one of the old questions that uh, you, you do Q and A's, you get asked all mm. the time. And I'm sure players of my generations and, and later generations and before 
always get asked, uh, could you play today? And uh, would you be able to fit into the team? Would you be able to... And I think most of them would yeah. ask, answer, yes, they could. They, or they would feel they could play today, yeah. um, given the opportunity. You play it at the time uh, in the era that you're in, and you do the best you can. Um, are are the mean, players I, better, Kerry, do you think? Are players better? Yeah, because the, is the league well, better? Question, is the I'm, Premier League better? The league, the, the, the league the in its entirety is better. The, uh, you know, uh, the competition's probably better. But by and large, the same six teams finish in different orders, uh, season in, season out, um, as, as they have though, done many years yeah. ago. Um, Everton dropped out because they, they mm-hmm. crashed a party in my time under Howard uh, Howard Kendall. Um, they were but, a great side then. Right, very good side, yeah. yeah. And, uh, uh, but but by and large, it's the same six teams, which it has been in the same countries all the time. Um, so what really changes? Um, the same six teams get better. Everyone, it's always pretty much the same. Is football quicker? I'm looking at this game up here as we talk. Is that quicker? I'm, I'm, I mean, what actually is quicker when people say the game's faster? What is quicker? Well, I mean, here's here's sorry, Johnny. Here's here's an idea. I mean, you know, for for decades, English football was almost derided by the. Uh, you know the European football intelligentsia as being rather agricultural, all about physicality, well, to be fair, kick it, and it, rush. It was boot the ball up. Yeah, under, but, all, under but walls. basically, Jonathan, all about yeah. speed. And we always used to deride the Italian game, unless we had a particular bent for more of a kind of a chess-like game, as being really slow. Yeah, slow and methodical. Yeah, you know. So I, I think it's a bizarre argument, isn't it? And, is and what it about all this passing at the back? I mean, yeah. that well, never happened slow, in, in, exactly. in my time. What actually? What actually is quicker? I mean, I, I have to be honest, Kerry, and I, I think that perhaps the, you know, the speed of passing may, you know, that just the, there's a sense to me that that's got a bit quicker. But I, I take your point about the fact the that speed the players... of passing has got quicker when when you are sitting on there saying we take 25 passes well, to get the ball into the box. Not at Chelsea. <laughs> I, 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 I take that point. But... It's not supposed to be like that, no, though, Kerry. No. Oh, but okay. I just think it has. But then again, I mean, just to go back in 1999, I remember Chelsea in their first Champions League season. I remember that. And people who are listening probably remember this too. We played Feyenoord away. And I've never seen us play football quite like that before or since because we were playing in a very kind of continental style but with an English mentality. So we were physical and quick but it was high, highly technical. You know, a lot was that of good... forced upon us? I don't know but they murdered Feyenoord. I think it was 3-1 or something and Zola was playing and Viali. It was a superb game. So anyway. We Mind that, team, just, that team just... did pass the ball very yeah, quickly. Did, oh, well, hang on. I'm just intrigued on this one then. So at what, at, what, at what point did we actually become a quick passing football team <laughs> no, exactly. and what point was well, the point we I'm antiquated because you know. I'm not quite no, sure no, we're, we're now a slow passing football <laughs> team so we've gone back again yeah. <laughs> but it's always going to change under every manager no, it we does it all seen... for that Italian thing we were talking yeah, about when we, exactly. you were saying then yeah. was the Catanaccio whatever yeah. it was, was under Milan yeah. was and the way they played against Glasgow Celtic in the yeah. 1967 yeah, European definitely. Cup final was they defended yeah. that's the way they got to the yeah. final they were playing essentially probably the way that, that Conte was playing yeah. with, with, uh, with then you, def- then you, you break, break from the defence yeah. or even the way that Atletico Madrid are playing if anyone it, gets it's all, the opportunity, yeah. Jonathan, to watch the 1970 World Cup final, watch the Brazilians. Was that yeah. slow football? At times it was. <laughs> at times they but slowed it down. At times it was absolutely incredibly uh, quick. And then they, then they burst into, into great well, like, action. Like cobras, weren't they? It's like yeah. struck. You I, know, I'm really intrigued. You know, uh, I know. It's Ana- quick. Anacondas. Anacondas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's terrible. It kind of stifles the life out of the opposition. <laughs> that's that's, that's the aardvark theory of Squeezes football. Squeezes the life out of them, mate. Anyway, Very long tongues. Jonathan, Johnny, 
in terms of the game changing, we talked a lot about strikers as well. Perhaps the era yeah. of the traditional number nine is over. With that in mind, we've had a question into the show for you, uh, Kerry, tweeted in by Clayton. He asked, can you ask Kerry what modern day strikers currently playing in the Premier League he admires and why? And also whether he thinks Tammy Abraham or Batshuayi have what it takes if given the chance at Chelsea? Mm, good question. Um, Harry Kane is the only one that I admire. Um, the only striker in the league? I think so. Um, Aguero, I admire what he's done at City. We're talking strikers or centre-forwards. There's that analogy again, to, you know, who's what. I mean, anyone can be called a striker if they score goals or whatever. But Eden Hazard is a wonderful player. But is he a striker or is he a winger? Uh, we're talking centre-forwards here. Um, Aguero and Harry Kane are the two standout ones. See, I'm not a fan of Firmino at, at Liverpool, but I think the other two give more uh, Salah and Mane uh, give more in terms of but people at Liverpool say the front three so you, you go with it they see them more often than me but Tammy Abraham will he ever get the opportunity I don't know and I don't know if any striker will be given the opportunity because I, I'm still not totally clear as to what the thought process is with regards our youngsters breaking through um, this loan period which they go out on just after the age of 18 to 21 or whatever uh, where they go to various clubs to improve there's not many that's gone out and come back Nathaniel Chalabar went out become was player of the year uh, I think at Watford or something Same and with, he didn't, um, didn't come back Patrick Bam- Bamford Bamford was well, player of the year in the championship ba- come, didn't get an opportunity it, it's, it's a, plays for me you have, a, you have a very upright, you've always had a very upright way of playing. I always felt it was a grace of you going into the box. He has, he has that. And I, I, wanted, him, I wanted him to succeed. And, and he's looking I, better at Leeds, I have to say. I'll I, be intrigued to see how he does next year if they get promoted. Yeah, I've, all, I've always said to Dave, when we've done the uh, shows, the fan cast and, and so on, that, you know, these kids, when they get the opportunity, you have to hit the ground running. Um, and yeah. what I mean by that, if you're a striker, which is going to be the hardest, you're going to hope... What Harry Kane did at Spurs, I think they signed Soldano, I think, for 30 million. Yeah. And, uh, it, I mean, new striker, was injured or something, missed a couple yeah, of games. Harry score. Kane came in, scored a goal. Harry Kane came in, scored a goal again. All of a sudden, Soldano's under a little bit of pressure. Didn't score a goal. Harry Kane comes in, scores a goal. Tottenham fans, Harry Kane hit the ground running and forced the manager to leave out a 30 million pound striker. Someone at Chelsea, someone at Chelsea, if Tammy Abraham or anyone wishing to. Breakthrough or make that. John Terry did it with Frank LeBeouf. Forced him out, effectively. World Cup winner. You know, a World Cup winner. This is the level you have to go in at. And Callum Hudson-Odoi might play for England. Ruben Loftus-Cheek has played for England. He's not yet a, a, a regular at Chelsea. You've got to be better than the internationals. You've got to hit the ground running and make goal, the manager make the decision. Goal, England, England won. Czech Republic nil. Uh, Raheem Sterling sliding in at the back post Mate, to turn home after I, a very, I th- think it has to be said, Kerry, a quick passing move. It was. I, look, I, I happened to be drawn to that while, while Kerry was talking. I wasn't ignoring what you were saying. No problem. Mate. And the build-up to that goal was superb. I mean, the reverse pass that just went through to uh, whoever crossed in from the right. Just watch this, Kerry. This is superb. Ross Barkley up. involved. I think he might have been, yeah. 
Oh, don't don't stop it. Don't Harry stop Kane. It. Look at that pass there. Look Harry, at that pass. Oh. That was made by a centre forward. Yeah. Put it in behind a, for a full What back. a pass, Harry mate. Kane played it. There's no look, look as well. Look at that. Look at that. That is quality. Well, I suppose it was right on cue with the question, it's who do Walker. I admire most? <laughs> Harry Kane. It's, look at the advanced position yeah. Walker is in. Yeah. Brilliant. Which we just don't do that at Chelsea at all. The I fullbacks know. do not get up there. But I was watching the build-up actually before that. They've been pinging the ball around. They've been looking good. They've been looking very good. Knight Gareth now. Yeah, I'm, well I'm done. saying it. Actually, one, one actually knight him. I'm Sorry, Kerry, what do you think about that? You don't uh, want to hear what no, I'm no, yes, that. I do. Yeah, of course I do. Yeah. You, you know, supporters, everyone's got an opinion. Yeah. Mine's a, my opinion is not the only one that matters. But uh, just while we're on that, England supporter Raheem Sterling, um, yeah. one of the players of the year for me this year, um, yeah. you know, and could well be yeah. the player of the year. I don't know how the vote's going to go. Um, much maligned by England yeah, supporters yeah. for various reasons yeah. over the last few seasons. And I think some of it's unfair. He's developing into one of the possible world-class players as well. I think he is, isn't he? So Sterling at the World Cup, as you rightly point out, took a lot of stick from England fans because he wasn't scoring goals. Lots of people said, listen, he offers a lot to the team. Others were saying, well, OK, but he's a forward player and he doesn't score, so I'm not having him. You, as an expert forward player yourself, when you were watching England in the World Cup, and I'm talking about Sterling's England form, not his City form, would you have had him in that team? He's creating the chances, he's getting the opportunities, and he was missing them. Um, that's just a little bit of fine-tuning. He's a young man who, forcing his way into the team, convincing a lot of his bosses that he should be playing, getting into the positions, not shying away, a little bit more time, a little bit more care, and that bloke could go on and score goals for England. I fully believe it, and I, th- I think he's going to be the player, like we talk about the development of youngsters, Sterling is turning into the player that many people tipped him to be at a much younger age. He is. One person who hasn't quite hit those heights yet is Michy Batshuayi, not been given a massive chance at Chelsea, now on loan at Palace, of course did well on loan at Dortmund last year. He is scoring goals at Selhurst Park. Do you think he's got any kind of future at Stamford Bridge? Um, Sounds cruel, but no. But I think possibly he should or could have been given a better chance than perhaps he he was given. Um, The boy always scored goals. Isn't the greatest footballer, but he was always in the positions that I'm talking about. He's always in the box. He's getting rebounds. He's always in and around things. He, he might stumble over it, but he'll get his shot away and score a goal. I think I remember one. He nearly fell over and he hit it into the ground. It bumbled over yeah. a keeper. But take skill um, that. He, he get, I, and I'm not taking the mick because you've uh, got to be in the right place. Um, if, if you were yeah, taking the mick, if you were it. taking the mick, we would fall out because <laughs> there, <there's, laughs> there's, there's, I wasn't. There's an art to that. <laughs> he wasn't. Exactly. He wasn't. Exactly. He seriously, wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> there's an art to getting the ball in the net, whether you stumble exactly over. That. You were talking about Harry Kane earlier, yeah, 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 yeah. off balance or doing something, yeah, and yeah, the ball. Yeah. If Batshuayi is getting the ball in the net, exactly at the end that. of the game, Batshuayi, one goal, yeah, there exactly. you go. It's like Ian Botham when he used to take wickets yeah, with terrible listen, balls, as listen, people used to well, say. I think it was he's, because people were going, oh, phew, it's a terrible yeah. ball, I'll, I'm relaxed. Yeah, but and he's still got the wicket. he then smite it exactly. to the, uh, straight exactly. to the boundary. Alvaro Morata used to fall over and the ball didn't go in the no, back of the net. No, he was probably at the same time arguing with the ref. <laughs> so, <laughs> of course. The pro- or, and offside, and remember offside, that. And offside. The problem for Chelsea at the moment is that the ball hasn't been going in the back of the net enough. And in just a moment, We'll be asking Kerry why that is. This is Love Sport. You are listening to the Chelsea Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio with Kerry Dixon, Johnny Burrow, Stamford Chidge, and Jonathan Kidd. You know. And it hasn't quite been going to plan for Chelsea so far this season. Another disappointing result at the weekend against Everton. Kerry, where do you think things are going wrong? I, I find it quite amazing that you say things are going wrong in terms of the fact that Liverpool and Manchester City are fighting out the title 
Chelsea are in the next pack. Because I said to Dave at the start of the season, I think we'd struggle. Mm. I think unless Eden has a, yeah. depending whether he stays, goes or whatever, because there was talk about it, I thought six, six to ten. I honestly did. Yeah. I, I fully believed that on, on what we had there. I, I didn't have uh, faith in the goal scorer. Things have changed. Um, I didn't think there was enough goals in the team last year. And I certainly didn't think that nothing had changed who, at the start of the season. Who do you think's season. not up to it in the team? In the team? Not yeah. up to it. Uh, you're, you're talking about not up to it. What are we, fourth, fifth in the league? Uh, well, let's say not, not, in, not, uh, not... We're in the Europa Cup quarter final. For, for, um, we for, got the final of the Carabao, uh, of the League Cup. You know, well, not, not up not, to it. Not um, pushing them into a, into a situation where they'd be uh, challenging for the title. Oh, so, like every year, certain members of the top six who are not in the top, they're getting hammered for whatever. For a certain season, we either win the league and then we drop out, or we win the league and then we, we're not part of that. Um, Chelsea fans, you've got to forgive me for saying this a little bit, been spoilt. Yeah. We've been spoilt with the fact that every year we've become part of this elite six and we feel we have to be challenging the title where we should be, people say, because of the money we spent. But only one team or two teams are going to win it. And the, the two best teams are going to fight it out the way but I see it this year. Do you think you that's know? down to the manager in each instance? Well, we knew the players it... that we had at the start of the season. We knew what the squad was going to do. I actually think the squad have performed quite well considering the players that are actually there. I mean, I didn't expect, I didn't expect them to be as high as possibly what they are. Mm. I don't know what people... Based on last season's form, what did Chelsea fans really expect? True enough. I mean, you know, we finished outside the top four last season and we haven't really strengthened the side. So what did we well, really expect? As a supporter. And well, we always but, expect to win. But yeah. No, no. As a supporter, I would I'd be able to look at some of the players and I'm thinking at the moment. Yeah. Um, uh, what would you be as, thinking as isn't Because well, Azpilicueta doesn't work in this system. He works much better in Conte's system playing in the three as the centre-half. But that, that, he, that, he doesn't work as, yeah. as, as well. He doesn't get the ball across. Yeah, but that aside, I think it, it's hard to deny, <laughs> I think, that this is probably the poorest quality squad of players we've well, had. That's what I'm, I'm since saying. Abramovich took over, mate. Yeah, yeah and I, I don't like to say that, I but think I think that's right. true. Uh, uh, you know, uh, no disrespect. We, we've won the league. When yeah. I've said we've, we've a squad that, you know, no disrespect to the players that won the league. A lot of them wouldn't be so that, picked for a, yeah. a, a Manchester City side, yeah. for example. Yeah. You know, exactly. you split the two teams. There might be seven City players and four Chelsea. Yeah, so that was down to Conte finding this system, the as you said, after the Arsenal, yeah. getting the best no, out of them. So it's the managerial yeah, thing that time. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Definitely. yeah, yeah. But I'm saying this year, Alonso, for example, who was uh, a, a, I, a star within the Conte setup. I still don't know why he left him out. Break. I still can't work that one out. I mean, there was, a, there was a game, I think, where we got beat heavily. I think it was a City game or it might have been Bournemouth. But I'm not sure. Um, there's always certain scapegoats at Chelsea. David Luiz is one, and Alonso is another one. Yeah. They're Brilliant. always when they're, we're winning, they're fine. But as soon yeah. as goals go in, the scapegoats get hammered. And David Luiz got left out by a previous manager, uh, Conte. Yeah. I, I thought that was unfair. We won the title. Yeah. It's nothing. No, wrong but they, the they'd, they'd had uh, uh, they'd had words. Uh, yeah, 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 but, yeah, but uh, it's always David Luiz. Listen, the bloke is a good player. He's proved it time and time. We bought him back, and we won the league. Mm. Yeah. David Luiz is a fantastic player. Is he a classic player? We've got a caller into the show. Mark Ooh. is ringing in all the way from Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. And Mark. he wants to talk classic players with a certain Kerry Dixon. Evening, Mark. What, who would you like to talk about? Good evening, gentlemen. How are you guys doing today? Good Very well, Mark. thank Good. you. How are you? Evening, Mark. I'm doing well. I did have a question for Kerry and hey. What's going on, uh, Tidge? How you guys doing? Good stuff, mate. What's your question for Kerry? Uh, well, for Kerry, uh, for one, it's an honor to speak with you, sir. Um, and 
my question is, you know, when you talk to, uh, you know, people who were around a long time ago, 60s, 70s, and watched football, they always talk about, you know, George Best was always the player that everyone should get a chance to see. And, you know, when you go back and look at all the records and you look at how Jimmy Grease scored so many goals, I was just wondering what was it like? I know you I don't even think you were born when he played for Chelsea, <laughs> but when he was with Tottenham and other teams, what, what was it like to watch him? Because, I mean, you just look at his goal-scoring record. I think he scored like 125 goals in like 155, 60 matches for Chelsea. And with Tottenham, it was impressive as well. Just what kind of player and what kind of striker was he and what did you try to take from his game? And put into yours. Jimmy Greaves was arguably, and you're quite right, I didn't see enough of him, but um, his, his stats are absolutely incredible. I think it was 134 goals, um, give or take one or two, not quite what, 175, I'd have known because I'd have gone past him about uh, 18 goals. Uh, <laughs> um, so I know it's not 175, but um, I think Jimmy Greaves' stats, I think four years at Chelsea, 134 goals is, is unbelievable. It's the ratio. In the ratio it? of yeah. goals per game uh, of what he does. So, you know, but stats can lie. His stats don't lie. Yeah. Jimmy Greaves was a fantastic player. People with lesser goals or more goals don't necessarily mean they're better players because they've scored more or, or they're lesser players because they've scored less. Um, you have to look at the player, the all-round thing. Jimmy Greaves did it for Spurs. He did it for England. So unlucky not to play the World Cup final because, all right, Jeff Hurst is, will always be remembered because of that. But Jimmy Greaves was a fantastic player for Chelsea and a great striker for Tottenham as well. Um, so I can't praise him high enough. You've picked on someone, which which is for me easy meat. If you picked on one or two others, I might have had a discussion with you. Here's a question for you, Kerry, on the back of that. Who, who, you know, who, which striker did you admire most? Which striker was your like hero or did you try and learn from? No, I never had one. I don't believe in that. Um, um, I really didn't have a hero. I used to go watch Luton Town and McDonald mm. was playing for them. Mm. But, I mean, you don't model yourself on Malcolm McDonald. Um, he was a different, unique type of player himself, left-footed for, for a start. So a right-footed player mm. modelling himself on a left foot. But, no, he was quick. Um, people take chances, get goals in whatever way they do. Clive Allen got, like I've said, mentioned before, a, a load of goals. And yet he, he relatively, mm. he would say slow. You look at me in sprints, he'd be in the back four. Yeah. Um, Tony Cotty, middle of the range, small. Ian Russ, slight, loads of goals. Yeah. You know, people who get goals, they don't have to be of an ilk. They just have to have an instinct yeah. and a way and a desire and, and a knowledge of how to get these goals and where to be mm. in the right position. You've already said you said you were joking earlier on. And, and, <laughs> I, and I didn't mean I really it. And I didn't mean it. But I'll tell you what, that, <laughs> falling, now. that falling over, <laughs> bobbling in the box and the ball ends up in the back of the net, there's an art to it. Damn right, you know. Because there is, you get something on it. It's, it's the hardest you know, thing in the it. game. Why do you think people, you know, clubs spend, you know, 80, 90 million on strikers? Why do you think they get paid more than everyone else? It's the hardest thing to do in the game to score it, goals. It just, it just Biggest know. belief why Chelsea paid sixty million for well, Alvaro Morata after twenty after thirteen and fourteen yeah. goals in two seasons. Exactly. Well, quite. Enjoy. Mark, thank you ever so much for your call all the way from yeah. Cincinnati, Ohio. You, My mum has just texted me and said, "Cincinnati, okay, now I believe you get listeners." <laughs> Very quickly, Mark, I know is coming over for the Burnley game, which is on Burnley. a month. Yeah, you're yep. still there, Mark. Great. Well, I tell you what, make sure you meet up with me, and if Kerry's around before, yeah, we'll we'll try and try and get you to meet Kerry. All right. Banner. 
Yeah, definitely. That'd be awesome. Thank you so All much. All right. You, I know you'll get hold of me before then, so we'll try and sort that Thanks out. Thanks for Mark. the question, Mark. Yeah, well done, Mark. You're listening All right, to. Have a great evening. Cheers, Mark. You are listening to Kerry Dixon, Johnny Burrow, and the Chelsea Fancast here on Love Sport Radio. And remember, if you enjoy the Chelsea Fancast, you can vote for them in the oh. upcoming FBAs can't you well Chidge? remembered Johnny because Uncle Chidge had forgotten in, there, in the excitement he? of speaking to Mark I'd forgotten all about it yeah we've got until or you've got until Sunday the 24th of March this Sunday uh, 11.59 is when the uh, cutoff is for voting but you can vote for us as best podcast in the football blogging awards we won it in 2012 and 2015 we've been finalists every year but last year so we want to have a hat trick and you can help by voting for Twitter by typing or tweeting. I am voting for at Chelsea Fancast in at the FBAS for hashtag best podcast. Uh, and you can vote on Instagram by going to the Football Blogging Awards Instagram page. Click on the best podcast image and tag at Chelsea Fancast in the comments. And you can even do it uh, by going to our website, ChelseaFancast.com. There's a button, an orange button on the homepage saying nominate us for the uh, football blogging awards just click on that it's automatic of course the FBA's website footballbloggingawards.co.uk as my old mate Dr Martin used to say every year when the, the awards were on vote early and vote often vote early good and advice. vote often it's the Chelsea advice. fan cast like the club itself have a rich and illustrious history you can add to that by voting coming up we've talked about the Chelsea of today but how about the Chelsea that Kerry played for this is love sport the Chelsea Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio with Johnny Burrow, David Chidgey, Jonathan Kidd and a certain Mr. Kerry Dixon. Kerry now, Dixon. <laughs> now, Kerry, we've talked a lot about the Chelsea of today, but you played in a very different Chelsea side. Beyond, of course, yourself, who was the finest player you played with for the club? Yeah, it, it's another question that comes up for most of people who've played football in the past, I'm sure. Um, the best strike partner I had was David Speedy. Um you know, he wouldn't be everyone's cup of tea, um, but it, it was a good fit for me. Um, I played alongside Gary Lineker, Peter Beardsley, by the way, Tony Cotty and all them, but, you know, that was for, in, at national level. But um, David Speedy was the best strike partner. Um, Kevin Wilson and Gordon Jury were a very good fit as a three in a, the latter sort of team, the, what I call the second best team that I played for at Chelsea. I was there nine years. We had a very good side when I first started with Speedy and Nevin. Um, and up front, and then the, yeah, midfield, and then the Gordon Jury, Kevin Wilson, and myself uh, in the Bobby Campbell side yeah. that got promoted second time round. Record points, wasn't it that season? Ninety nine yeah. points, yeah, yeah, great uh, season. Uh, that was. It was uh, well, it was a great team. I mean, yeah. Chelsea fans can have to judge that for themselves. Um, what you see is what it was, but they were a very good side. People like uh, Graham Roberts uh, was brought in at the back, did a very he, fantastic yeah, job for eight wonderful. for eighteen months. He was a fantastic player, Graham. Yeah. Uh, well known. All, as all a, those penalties he took as well. Yeah, I think right. he scored about thirteen yeah, penalties he did, that year. That season, um, yeah, yeah uh, very good player. Underrated by me and, and many others. Uh, he was a much better footballer than what you actually give him credit for. He's well known for his his tackling. Um, but much better football than what you ever give them credit football for. football brain too. Very good, yeah. Mm. Mm. You talk about strike partners there, Kerry. When you were looking for someone to play alongside you up front, were you looking for just objective quality footballers or was there a certain style of forward you like to have on your shoulder? Oh, not necessarily. I mean, you, you look at the combinations at, at, at that time... You know, you talk, we've talked about strategies and, and teams and how they play and rigid shapes and, and so on and three at the back. Well, there was, there was all sorts of shapes in that. But the four four two was the, the, the general shape then of, of a lot of the sides. It was the in thing. And, you know, Sharp and Lineker were at Everton. Rush and Dalgleish were at Liverpool. Um, 
down the road at um, uh, West Ham, Makaveli and Cotty, mm. um, two very good strikers. It's not about shape, size, a, a big one, a little one, a Toshak Keegan job, Dixon Speedy. It, it was what worked for that team. And, you know, all of them were very good strikers in very good teams. That West Ham side, the boys of 86, yeah, was good. a very good side with Alvin Martin, Tony Gale at the back. You know, um, you look at that Liverpool side, it's done the double. Actually, Kenny Dalglish scored the winner at Sanford Bridge, yeah. so clinched on the double. Yeah. Um, so, don't want to remind you about nope. all this sort of stuff. But Thanks, I'm just trying Thanks to. Very much. I'm just, sorry, <laughs> I'm feeling ill now. I'm, I'm just trying I'm to let. It's all going so well. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. But what, what I'm saying was, there was lots of good strikers. We talked about the death of the centre forward. It's not about my strike yeah. partner or whatever, who would play with who. Um, you just wonder, actually, interesting what Giroud would do if he was playing with Higuain, if they actually yeah. stuck it together. I have a great image all the time of sitting in the North Stand and just seeing a ball being pumped up and 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 uh, Speedo g- g- coming up for it, flicking it on for you. You're, you, you then just run, pace past the centre-half, slot it into the net. That's it, a kind of constant that I remember, remember seeing what, all the what, time. Isn't that the total role reversal of what people would think? David yeah, Speedy at totally. five foot six, yeah. five foot yeah. seven, without yeah. jump the six foot yeah. centre half, flick it on yeah. for the big yeah. centre forward to go yeah. running past yeah, but, and score a goal. But it's what happened. Great, because yeah, your, your your pace was there as well. But it was also his judgment all the time was impeccable, wasn't it? He and could. also, t- unbelievably feisty player. My goodness me, person. God, and <laughs> indeed, indeed. I'll yeah. tell you what though, Speedy. You know, Speedo had a, had a leap like a salmon. He did. Unlike he Jason did. Cundy, we had Jason Cundy on the podcast about the first year we started, and he said, "Yeah, I used to leap like a salmon." a tenor salmon <laughs> well I tell you I'm six foot four and I've never won a header in my life so yes. it's not just about height we mentioned Olivier Giroud there Jonathan France are 3-0 up at half time right. Giroud is on the score sheet a lot of fans are rude about Giroud particularly at the World Cup because he perhaps doesn't score as many goals as he might I'm a massive fan of his what do you make of him you know he'll, he'll go down as a World Cup winner um, I think there was a fellow who played for Brazil, a big centre forward. They said uh, in times gone by, you were Jay, Jaz, not Jarzino, but Jorginho. Anyway, I, I can't quite remember. They said he was hopeless, and I think he, he went so far in the World Cup as well, one of the Brazilian teams. Um, they're playing for their national side. They're scoring goals to a degree, or not scoring goals, or being part of getting goals for your team, and the team are winning. The French national manager is actually doing a wonderful job. and. and goes back to what I believe in. Again, I haven't changed. If it's not broke, don't fix it. If Giroud's part of a successful side that wins the World Cup, why do you want to replace him? Why do you want to take him out? Why do you want to make Giroud better if he's part of a team that is working well better than any other side in the world at the time? It's interesting. You know, I, I spoke to uh, a couple of Arsenal. This, this show I do on the Sunday, You know, one of the lads who does it with me is an Arsenal fan. He's about the same age as me, so he's been around the block. And I talked to him about Giroud. And he said they were gutted to see him go, the Arsenal fans. They really rated him highly. And I said, well, he didn't score many goals for you. He said, rubbish. He said, he consistently scored nearly 20 goals a season for us. He was a good player. Johnny? Raheem Sterling's looking lively. He's got a goal. He just danced between two Czech defenders, brought down, and it's a penalty oh, right. for Brilliant. England. Harry Kane is a man who knows how to find the back of the net from the spot, and he is stepping up. Now, I think we're going to need a Kerry Dixon analysis of this. Kerry. Well, I, I don't know. Not, not on penalties, you don't. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, NHL fan will tell you that much yes, but we indeed. was talking about Graham Roberts penalties this guy I hope I don't don't all go Jinx wrong him. has took the most the best penalties yeah. I've ever seen all this chipping the keeper it. I hope he just blasts it right in the corner let's see it's what, what he normally does he hits the bottom left Jonathan's Jonathan, pointing yeah. he's bang on 
Jonathan saying right hand side. Oh, oh wallop! It's, well, wallop. It's, it's exactly what <laughs> Kerry Dixon said. It's exactly what Jonathan said. Kane went to the goalkeeper's right. The goalkeeper actually got a hand on it, but Kane has it, hit it so, so hard that he's never had a prayer. Do strikers overcomplicate it too much, Kerry? I'm not just talking from penalties, but is there a lot to be said just for whacking it? What a penalty, Harry Kane. Well, it's not just for whacking it. I mean, you, you can whack it where you want. You've got to yeah. whack it on target. Yeah. Okay, sure it goes but in one, the net. once it's on target. Um, if you hit, Listen, you can ask any goalkeeper. If a ball is struck with a, with pace and venom um, and in the right areas, it goes in the back of the net. That's not to say that every ball and every penalty taker should take the same one all the time. I think if you're a regular penalty taker throughout your career, as we said about Graham Roberts, you've got to be able to have a variety um, because goalkeepers will study you. They do their homework. They'll have a look. You can't keep doing the same thing. So you've got to have plan B, plan C, etc. as far mm. as penalties are concerned. And believe me, I know I've missed a few as well. <laughs> plan A is working for England at the moment. They've just gone in for half-time. It's 2-0. Nothing, nothing worse than... sorry. You can't do that. The talking. poor man comes on the show. I missed two in one game, so he's, he can do it to a degree. Did you actually? Well, nothing was worse. To make it worse, I, I, I took one in the next game and missed that as well. <laughs> no, but at least you... Well, how are we going to frame that, Kerry? Is you have the character to keep yeah, stepping keep up. Exactly. Nothing is worse than the Pat Nevin. Yes, penalty. I was going to say that. I was thinking of that. Nothing is worse, worse than that. That, yeah, that gets me out of trouble all the time. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, dear Pat. And the great thing about Pat, to his credit, he will talk to you about it. You know, I know a lot of players who might not. It was a side foot one step, but it never even reached the goal line. <laughs> Somebody took a penalty like that recently. Didn't yeah, the other day it fell over and it, it went, it was, went no, off. No, it was Jorginho in the, in the League Cup final. Everybody was the, comparing Pat's penalty to that. So the was, one that was really bad yeah. was Bursant Selina oh, for yeah, Swansea. Over, which yeah. that, I mean, that yeah. penalty kick almost went backwards. Yeah, Don't go anywhere. I was just going to say. This is Love Sport. Kerry Dixon is here with us on the Chelsea Fan Show on Love Sport Radio. We've talked all sorts of things. We've had Kerry on England. Mm-hmm. We've had Kerry on Chelsea. Mm-hmm. And it's now time for Kerry on Kerry. Kerry, obviously Chelsea fans love you, but I'm interested in your relationship with them. Was it amazing to have people chanting your name from the terraces? Um, yeah, you're quite right as regards... Um my affinity with Chelsea fans. Um, certain players have it, certain players don't have it, certain players profess to get it, don't get it, some do get it. There's all sorts of reasons as to why. And I, you often try to work it out yourself as to why fans like certain players and they don't like other players. Um, but it, it, it's en masse. Um, I think you get out what you put in. Um, I always used to... on. The days when you signed the autographs, so you would wait. You, there's none of these days with the with the hoods up and the microphones on and the the phone and the earpiece walking past supporters. If someone's waiting there with a pen and paper or their autograph book, you sign the book. Uh, you sign their program. You you do things. You put out. You get out what you put in. Um, I apart from the goals, you know, um, I think people have to put in. There's modern day footballers that I've seen far too often. Um, allow themselves to be chaperoned away from the supporters, allow themselves and use things as an excuse not to be engaged uh, engage with yeah. supporters. And, you know, Franco Zola was another one I used to see when I walked past and I was doing commentaries or work at the club. He would always uh, sign autographs and wait and he he, he has a similar relationship and, and, and there's plenty of others like that as well. T- John Terry, Frank Lampard, or the people, the Chelsea fans, and it goes the same with every football club. 
I mean, you're an Arsenal man. I don't know whether I should should have said that or you not. You can reveal but, that. That's okay. But, but, it's not but a nevertheless, there'll be players that you hold in, hold dear, and there'll be players that you don't particularly like for whatever reason, whether they play for your team or don't. Um, it's the same everywhere. But I do believe you get out what you put in. Do you think players have a responsibility to do that, to hang around, to sign the autograph books? And they so should on? do. Um, not to hang around to sign, but what I'm <laughs> saying is, if people are there and wanting, don't. Blanket off, have a phone I, call, or put the earphones on, or put the hood up. When I you was know? little, it was so disappointing to not when I presented my picture of the player to. Uh, to this is love sport. Get me after the game, Sonny, and uh, and but then he'd find it after the game. You know, oh, you should have got me before the game, Sonny. Which was uh, it was Devin, who was that? That was Ron Yates. Ron Yates actually did yeah. that to me. And, that, um, that is heartbreaking. And yeah, you're still telling it now. That's yeah. that's that's what it means yeah, to you, and that's exactly. what it means to the supporters. That's what it meant to me. I mean, just, go on, Jonathan. Sorry. No, no. I'm going to say the the, the it was a bizarre phrase that somebody would use. have always impressed me. If they wanted to get an, an autograph before, because frequently there'd be five of you, yeah. and you'd miss out. Yeah. And it was and he should the, sign the, the five. He should sign the five. Absolutely. But what he would say would one of them would say, "I've seen all your games." Which is, of course, a complete lie. But nevertheless, the person who said that nearly always they always went, "Oh," and the yeah, player would then yeah, yeah. go up to them and sign. And you go, "No, but he mm. hasn't. He's lying." <laughs> but no, you know, just you know, it wasn't you're, here you're, last you're, week. You know. Exactly, you're twelve. But you it, know, but, and you're going, "No, look, I've got my scrapbook. Only yeah. Peter Bonetti has signed so all the Ke- all his Ke- pictures." Kerry's right, though. I, you know, um, you, that was like in the you know the dark ages because Jonathan is, of course, very old. You know, <laughs> but he still remembers it now, and and it's about how how mm. you're treated now. Just to kind of flip that around to the other side, and without, I'm not, don't wish to embarrass Kerry here, but when we when we launched the Chelsea Supporters Trust, we thought, well, we we need to like do it with a bit of a bang and have have a former player there, and a lot of us know Kerry well, and he and he's a really lovely bloke, as you can tell from the last couple of hours. So we yeah, thought, don't we'd... always believe what you hear. No, no, <laughs> sorry, he, he didn't. He's pay, kicked he didn't, me he, several times yeah, under the table. He, he didn't change. pay. He didn't pay me much to say that. <laughs> but we thought, no, we'll get Kerry along because Kerry will basically say yes because he's a lovely bloke, and, and you know we'll get a few extra bums on seats, and we can launch the trust with a bit of a bang. And we held it in the uh, the Fulham. CIU place, like, yeah, the Working Men's Club there, pretty much opposite the ground, right? Uh, the capacity there is about 100, 150, and we didn't expect anything like that. Uh, we, we had to shut 300 people <laughs> out of the place uh, an hour before it started. It took... He's loved. Yeah, it took 10 minutes for it, them to shut is. up shouting one Kerry Dixon. It, it was basically... The whole thing descended into chaos within minutes, and that's because... People still love this guy at Chelsea, yeah. and he commands that kind of affection and respect. He was loved at the time. Yeah, he's absolutely. Loved subsequently, yeah. you know, since the... he's been on the fan cast, obviously that's yeah, completely time, changed. That's the only <laughs> anyway, what's happening in England game? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm afraid he's gone Kerry, very red. Well, it's, it's half time, so you're in trouble. But another, I mean, another thing. I mean, I got a tweet, or a, or I, I forgive me, I can't remember where it is or who it was. You sent it to me now, so if they recognise us, I apologise for not remembering. But they knew you were coming on the show, and and I think they'd they'd come over from the from Toronto or somewhere. And uh, you know they'd uh, they'd met you and you signed everything. You had a drink with them and you introduced them to people. And that's what Kerry does. And that's why people still love him. And that's why he gets the respect that he does. So Ker- there you go, Kerry. The fans all deserved. The fans all clearly love you. As a Chelsea man, who is your favourite Chelsea player of all time? Um, it's not an easy thing, but I've thought about it and I, and I've been asked it before. Obviously, um, it, Frank Frank Lampard and John Terry are both equal. Franco Zola's there. Didier Drogba's up there as well. For all of, for all the same reasons um, that I've said. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, lovely. Um, you know, 
apart, and I'm taking out the players that I've played alongside, the Pat Nevin, who's an absolute gentleman, and a, you know, really a lovely guy. You know, all of the players I played with will, will be in that as well. Um, but for the very same reasons that I've said about myself, these people do exactly the same, and that's why I like them. Um, on that, we've just had a tweet into the show from Daniel Yanu, who asks, who is the best defender you ever played against? Yeah, um, it, that's quite an easy one. Um, <laughs> uh, Tony Adams of Arsenal. And um, John Terry reminded me so much of him um, in terms of, you know, JT's got captain leader legend. Well, Tony Adams was all of that for, for England and indeed for Arsenal. Um one nil to the Arsenal. We know all the cries and all the rest of it. But Tony Adams, I played with him um, in England under 23s. I played as an overage player, and he was a leader then. Um, fantastic player, um, and the toughest. Again, I go back to pairs and partners, and as much as there were strike strike pairings, there were defensive pairings as well. Him and Keown. Uh, him and Keown, but him and Bold after that. Away, yeah. um, well, before that, and then there was uh, Hanson and Lawrenson were decent. Um, Pallister. And Bruce were decent at United. Um, so, as much as there was two strikers, there was two defenders who usually let you have it. Robertson Miller were, were, were quite fierce at Tottenham at the time, just before whatever as well. And you, on more often than not, you did get the better of the centre-halves, scored 193 times for Chelsea. If I had to press you to choose a favourite goal, and Jonathan and Dave, I'd be very interested to hear what your favourite goal of his was as well. I think we'll all agree. Mm. Does it involve Arsenal? I'm afraid so. <laughs> oh, I had a feeling the word hybrid would come up this evening. Were you, were you born then? Were you born then? Uh, remind me of the year. 84. No. No, there you go. You, about, you, you missed it, something special, Johnny. Oh, well, I've seen it. It was an It was an incredible moment. That, it was one of I mean, yeah. for all the things that you've just talked about, embrace and fans and, and what... It was against Arsenal. Yeah. We had just come up as champions. And the clock end when. You know, Pat Jennings, great goalkeeper, he, oh, miscued, but he managed to get his body there, miscued the first shot, but the second one, the ball spun up and I well, hit it with me right, Kenny Santa, it flew over him and he was on the line. International defence, top class team away, the team that have been nearly relegated, come up as upstarts, but were champions of the second division. The crowd was absolutely unbelievable. You, know, you won't see things like that again. I mean, how, however many Chelsea fans were in that Arsenal ground, I don't know what the clock is. used to hold. 15,000? Yeah, they they I, reckon at least 15,000. I, I was on the halfway line. Yeah. I mean, they, you all went, way round I mean, just, just and they eventually yeah. got him yeah. off the pitch. But, uh, just <laughs> to give you an idea, Johnny, go, go and check it out on YouTube. It's easy to find. But as, as Kerry said, the whole of the clock end, I mean, it, it was just, I don't, I don't think there was a roof on it. So it was absolutely rammed with Chelsea. But when Kerry scored, there were people going up all round the ground. <laughs> you know, Chelsea Brave. fans were right. everywhere. We were everywhere. 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 Yeah. I wasn't scared, actually, to... Because yeah. uh, there were so you, many. You, you and plenty others as well, yeah, because yeah, I ran yeah. back to the halfway line and it was all the way, all the way back <laughs> up the sides. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, there were Chelsea fans everywhere at Highbury. There are Chelsea fans everywhere still. And coming up, I think we're going to have to find out about a certain Mr. Abramovich's mm. influence on the club. Yeah. This is Love Sport. It is the Chelsea Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio with me, Johnny Burrow, Jonathan Kidd, David Chidgy and Hello. of course Kerry Dixon. Now Kerry, you played and scored for Chelsea in the second division and the first division. Chelsea's days of worrying about relegation are well and truly over, not least to a certain Mr Abramovich. You obviously saw all of that period where he came in, took the club over, saw the fortunes transformed partly as a result. How significant do you think that era will be as we look back on Chelsea's history? 
Well, Chelsea are on the map in terms of uh, being one of the big clubs in world football now. Um, the site will always be the site. I can understand why he took it. There's all sorts of rumours as to what club he was going to buy, what, what club he wasn't going to buy, but he bought Chelsea. And we couldn't have had a better owner in my perspective. Um, everyone said, what about when he leaves? What about this? Or what about that? He's made money available. We've won titles. We've won Champions League. We, we've won the Cups. Um, back-to-back doubles, all sorts of stuff. Um, you are, you asked me what his influence is. Well, I think I've spelled out what his influence is. He's given a lot of supporters, not namely these two gentlemen to my left and right, mm. the opportunity, and some of them, they might have seen <clears> it before, to, on a regular basis, enjoy European nights, to enjoy football um, against teams in different parts of the world. They might have seen it before in the 70s when, you know, the, the Fairs Cup, the Cup Winners Cup and things like that, but... To see it on a regular basis, he 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 has also opened up the club to new support all over the world by being a successful team and a successful club. Younger supporters are looking at what Chelsea does and some are joining the ranks and so on. And we've become a, a, a club that is supported and has supporters clubs all over the world, largely due to the fact that we're successful. Uh, I mean, absolutely bang on, Kerry. I, I think the thing that Roman's done that's probably of most significance is that when Jonathan and I were growing up, and Jonathan before me even, you know, Chelsea had they always had the capability to go and win something. Invariably, they didn't. But, you know, we would, like, win something or we'd be successful and then the wheels would fall off and we'd end up getting relegated or being average. And I think what Roman has done, the most important thing that Roman's done, and I don't think you'll see the legacy of this for many years, He's in a sense he's eradicated that he's 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 propelled us so far up the you know that the you know stratosphere. The, the stratosphere really made us a genuine elite club that you know a lack of success for us now will not be finishing in the top four or winning a trophy whereas back in the you know when you were playing and when we first started supporting the club a lack of success would might, might be getting relegated well hence what I was saying before being spoiled yeah, you know I, exactly. I said I didn't mean that in a, in a, a wrong yeah. term but it's what the expectancy. Yeah of the fan is these days, the season holder, to be disenchanted with fourth, quarter-final of the Europa League and a, a, a cup-final mm. appearance in the League yeah, Cup this year. Place. That's disappointment. Mm. Yeah. Uh, in times of what you've talked about, yeah. what you've seen before Roman come, yeah. um, that could have been deemed success. Yeah, Our lack exactly. of success in the past has made me much more tolerant towards yeah. what's going well, on, what yeah. goes on, yeah. really. Well, still have this terrible desire for the team to win everything yeah. but nonetheless yeah. you you're a bit more if we won yeah, everything if we won everything yeah it's a bit a bit like steve davis at snooker does yeah. not think he tends to get yeah. boring same team same team same team no or, never kerry never. <laughs> <laughs> good man good interesting man. if we ever see it yeah. <laughs> yeah. jonathan kidd is a man who demands results yes. clearly yes. Uh, trophies <laughs> trophies first Kerry, it sounds like you've got no regrets about Abramovich coming into the club, but do you have any regrets at all about your career at Chelsea? Um, yes, to a degree. Uh, not staying and seeing out three and a half years mm. and putting Frank Lampard yeah. out of sight. <laughs> <laughs> He's your favourite player, but you still want to beat him. That's what we like I've just, to hear. I've got to say, Johnny, I, I, you know, one of the first times I met Kerry, actually, I was with, with Jason Cundy at the, at the Copthorne Hotel, which is you know, one of the hotels at the ground, and I went up there for a drink with him. He said, oh, geez, to Kerry. And I, and I met Kerry, and I ended up with Dr. Mart sitting in some other kind of room next to Peter Bonetti, and, and Kerry and Cundy were there, and they spent the next hour... Absolutely, you think we have a bit of discussion on this show? They were at, they were at each other like cats arguing. and dogs. And yeah. do you know what they were arguing about? Anything? They, no, they were arguing <laughs> about they were well, yeah, anything. But yeah. they were basically arguing about 
who you know would uh, if you know if Frank Lampard left the club now, would he still be a legend, or would Frank Lampard become the greatest player for Chelsea or a legend? And I can't remember on which side of the argument they were, but Martin and I just sat there, almost wetting ourselves at the ferocity with which these two were arguing with each other. It was just brilliant. That's exactly how it should be. Jason's Do you remember a very, that? yeah, Jason's yeah. a very opinionated man, and uh, he's and got he's his often wrong. Um, <laughs> well, no, I always joking, say I say wrong, but he would say right. <laughs> so, but listen, he's a great lad. He's, he's a, a good, he's a good presenter, yeah. and uh, yeah, he's a good yeah, bloke. Uh, to have debates with him, uh, it will take. But, you, you know what? It was just lovely to see two ex-footballers arguing as passionately and in the same kind of way as like me and Jonathan do on the pub or whatever. I mean, it was just it was just priceless watching that. We don't argue, should you? Well, okay, I know. I just agree I with everything you say. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, but you know, the, 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 they they are us. That was the point, and I think it was a beautiful moment, and I've always remembered that. Anyway, sorry to butt in, but no, not at all. Sharing. Lampard, of course, both a Chelsea and England legend. And our quiz today was asking for your players who have played for both Chelsea and England. I know Jonathan. Kid is keen to reel them off as quickly as is humanly possible. Well, it depends how long we've got. How long we've got? Uh, we we got four Dennis, minutes. Dennis Wise. I mean, the more recent ones. Wise. Uh, Wise. Ray, yeah, Ray, yeah, Ray, yeah. Ray Wilkins yeah. would be one. Yeah, Sean Wright Phillips. Yeah, obviously, yeah. Uh, Loftus Cheek. Yeah, Sean Wright yeah, Phillips. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Dickie Spence. I wouldn't have got that. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll know. <laughs> that. Do you know what? Do you know what really amazes me about this? Yeah. Uh, Jack Cock gets in there. Again. He gets in there again. He gets in everywhere. Doesn't good old Cocky. Oh, I love that. Do you think they said that at the time? Come Probably. on, Cocky, play up, Cocky. He only, he only had one appearance though. One cat wonder. It was? One wow, cat wonder. Wow, wow. How about that? God, yeah. You're gonna read them out. Come on, Chelsea, play up. Yeah, yeah. Peter okay. Benetti, obviously. Um, Gary K. Here we go. Yes. Ken Armstrong. Howard Baker. Do you want me to give the positions they play? No, Ken Armstrong, right half. Howard Baker, goalkeeper. Ross Barkley, midfield. Dave Besant, goalkeeper. Roy Bentley, centre forward. Roy Bar- <laughs> yes, all right. Ron Bertram, Frank Blanston, Peter Benetti, Peter Brabrook. Um, uh, Braybrook, sorry. Wayne Bridge, Barry Bridges, Gary Cahill, Jack Cock. Ashley Cole, Joe Cole, Jackie Crawford, Kerry Dixon, Tony DiRigo, Jimmy Greaves, Jack Harrow, George Hilsden, John Hollins, Glenn Johnson, Frank Lampard, Tommy Lawton, Graham Lasseau. Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Tommy Meehan, George Mills, Peter O'Dowd, Peter Osgood, Scott Parker, Ken Chelito, Peter Sillett, D- Dickie Spence, Daniel Sturridge, Bobby Tambling, John Terry, Terry Venables, Ben Warren, Ray Wilkins, Jimmy Windridge, Dennis Wise, Vic Woodley, Vivian Woodward and Sean Wright. Phillips. It's a very respectably long list. How many? I thought 46. it would have been longer. Forty-six players. Maybe forty-seven tonight. Maybe. Do you know what interested me? Looking at that, some of the some really great players that we've had. Only got like one or two caps. Peter I mean, Osgood. you only got eight, as you were saying. Peter you know, Osgood, Ozzy man. got four. You know, John Ollins oh, got that one. Was madness. And I always wonder if there was a bit of a, you know, Chelsea suffered and they weren't at the time winning a lot of stuff. You know, sometimes also the the managers as well. When yeah. Revy came in, so we, he wouldn't yeah. he wouldn't play. We Peter know, Alan Hudson never got a look in apart oh, from that, that amazing just... game he played against. Uh, Mind you, he was at Stoke then, so that wouldn't have counted. Anyway, I could ramble along like this forever. Well, we've missed Alan Hudson you know. out. Well, he didn't play He's for not... no. Though you had to have played uh, for England when you were playing for, for Chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah. Of course, he played under Arsenal. Exactly. He was, he, did. Uh, Sorry, Stoke. Yeah, yeah. he got his debut. Did, anyway, was your debut okay? Right, right, right. Johnny. Well. well, do you think there'll be another one tonight in the form of Callum Hudson Odoi? It seems to be a case. Of... I think it's a perfect opportunity. Yeah, yeah I mean, when they're... rather than it... if. I'd probably be three 0 I think he might get on. Actually, what do you think he is, Sarri? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. I think it'd be nice to see him get a, a, a little bit of experience out there. Because I think Sancho's playing. Because Sancho, Sancho set up, started. Set up yes. the goal for no, Sterling, started, didn't yeah. he? I think we'll be seeing a lot of Jaden no, Sancho starting in an England Walker. shirt. Was it? Sterling, yeah, it was Walker. 
Sure? That's because I made a comment about you see the full back forward. You are nearer to the team. I'm, he- I'm hearing no, in my I'm, ear that it was Sancho. Oh, oh, oh! Who th- drives th- the ball thank across? Thank you, thank you. That's not my well, intelligence. Well, what was what was Walker doing there then? We're, well, I don't know. We're getting it from the production looking studio. like Sancho. Clearly, it was, was Walker involved? <laughs> Walker's always involved. Blimey. There you go. My I hope, eyesight, look, I'm an inch away I hope, here. I hope Hudson, I hope Hudson <laughs> and the haircut. I hope he gets a run out tonight. J- just proof that we can argue about absolutely oh, yeah. everything Anything. on the Chelsea fan show. But it's been a wonderful, wonderful yeah. two hours and an absolute delight, it has to be said, to be joined by Kerry yeah, Dixon. Huge. 193 goals for the Blues, four goals for England. An absolute honour to be in a studio yeah, with him. A pleasure to have a chat. I've enjoyed it very much and uh, thanks for having me on. No, yeah, well, thank you for brilliant. joining us. And join us next week on the Chelsea Fan Show and vote in the FBAs. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.